I wish you wouldn't show that, my uh... So we are live now. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Nerdy Up North podcast. It's a nerdy podcast hosted by Northern Nerds. And what are your hosts, Sam? And I'm one of the other hosts, Paul. And I forgot my name there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> the hats influenced you. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's the pressure on things. So Chris is wearing the hat. I should just be silent all of a sudden and come up with something really important. And, oh, yeah, and, really uh, meaningful. Meaningful. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So this week we are joined by the lovely Donna and her cookies and Grant uh, has joined us as well. Um, Like I said, add a bit of flavour to the the topic, shall we say. Um, Why don't I get a comment about my cookies? I've got a vest on specifically to show Donna up. To be fair, there's not much cleavage there. There, there, Oh, there we go. go. There we go. (laughs) So we're making Donna blush already. So yes, uh, this week (laughs) we are going all, uh, shall we say, raunchy and uh, a bit depraved. Depraved isn't really right the word for it, you know. Um, it is. <laughs> well, it can be. It yeah. can be in some ways, but then it can also be so lovely as well. Yes. I'll bring the lovely side, and I am going to be on my best behaviour tonight. I understand Grant's here, and every time <laughs> Grant's been on, I've always said something that's like bitters in the arse later on. Still haven't getting past the bronies thing yet, so no. I am on my best behaviour. So we're going to be we're biting literally Sam. just talking about eating ass there. Yeah, I was going to say oh we're going to be biting God, your ass already man. now. <laughs> already and, that's, <laughs> and that's the type of noise you're going to be making as well, guys. So don't worry. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, oh my God, Grant. <laughs> well, before we go, before we get into it, tonight's episode, which is all about the amazing Kevin Smith, because yes. he is a god. I was trying to think of the right words today to describe him, and he's just a god in my eyes. He is a god. Um, I would probably say uh, Icon stands there. King of the, I, would, ki- I was thinking King of the Nerds, but I was like, no. no you're not taking no. my title away. That's, no, that's <laughs> uh, I'm King nerd of the Nerds, bitch. He's Nerd of the Universe. <laughs> like, he's yeah. just, oh, he's amazing. So I'm going to get the disclaimer out of the way with first, and then we'll crack on. So everything discussed in tonight's episode is our opinions and our opinions alone. If you would like to discuss any of the topics from tonight's episode, please come and join us in the Facebook group, and we can have an open discussion. What we won't have is anyone coming for us and tell us our opinions are wrong we can agree to disagree in fandom so let's keep the fun keep it kind and keep the toxic behavior out of nerd and, and let's keep it and keep it nerdy guys that's the main thing yes but, <laughs> but yes um just before we get started with uh, the love fest and basically us sucking kevin smith's cock um just want to say a big shout out to the group. We hit 4,500 members uh, this week. So we've grown quite uh, uh, quite a big a lot amount now, which is still surprising. Uh, we did do a vote where we're going to start reviewing a movie a month based on, like I say, the choices of the team podcast. And this week's, uh, well, not this week's episode, but we will fit it in at this month anyway, is being won by uh, the fabulous Donna, who picked, shall we say, an interesting choice. I don't know if you want to... Tell us who the choice of the film there is, Donna. Yes, the movie that won is The Goonies. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. We're going to be reviewing that's more as voted by the people of Nerdy Up North. Ah. And the people better fucking tune in to watch it as well. To yes. To that. <laughs> you bloody better. Um, my really exorcist watch. didn't do too bad, though. No, it, was, no. it didn't do too bad at all. I was quite, uh, quite pleased with that. But Donna, well done. Yeah. You did it. You did it. 
Not I've got to watch all. it now. No, I've got to watch it now. Come on, let's let's kick off with Kevin Smith. Let's get into this. So certainly. So I would love to know where, like I say, it's starting points, because I know it's weird because there's certain films and stuff you can remember when you first got introduced. I mm. can pretty much remember the time and even like the stage in my life where I got introduced to the Kevin Smith movies, um, yep. which was a bit strange. So we'll start with the fabulous Donna. Um, she's not sparkly tonight. Sorry. So we can't call her Twindle Donna. Um uh, <laughs> So what was your introduction and like, say, how did you get into Kevin Smith? I think my first introduction was Malrats in my mm-hmm. late teens. Um, I, I wasn't 100%, but I think it's Malrats. Um, and from there, I guess I just want, the, the comedy is just, it's just like goofy, fun comedy. It's like you and your mates hanging out and the shit you would say. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of like realistic and just stuff you would generally do. And from there, I wanted to go check out more of his stuff. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, good shout. I think Mallrats again, same with me, was was post is the gateway film mm-hmm. for a lot of people in for Kevin Smith. Uh I think mine was when I was just at uh college. Again, similar to you, <laughs> hadn't heard anything of his, his stuff. I think I saw an advert for Mallrats um because it, it bombed big style on the in the theatre and it was like for D- a DVD or VHS rental that was came out. And um I had a few stoner friends and decided they wanted to like say I think this is what took off for stoner humor as well. Yeah. Um as in a in a big way. But as soon as they introduced this, I was hooked and the humor um was just up there. And it I think as Donna said, it spoke like the dialogue and everything, it didn't treat the audience like idiots. Mm. Which that a lot does. of Kevin Smith movies uh, do well, a lot of like the teen romps or anything like that kind of do but like mm. say when you talk about the american pies good films but they do like painted by numbers and and treat like the audience like the stupid at times as well but with this the dialogue and the interactions is the type of conversations we were having at at college like i was having a friend talking with friends like uh, greener and dixon like what would happen if superman banged lois lane would would his shot blow out of her backside oh, i can uh, hear them conversations <laughs> would um would <laughs> Would, uh, would the things cock be as made as rock? Uh, I, I, say I, I was fascinated by Mr. Fantastic, how stretchy his cock would reach. Of course, of course and, you were. <laughs> <laughs> it was just And like, as I said, would Spider-Man bang like upside down? Like he did give that kiss like to MJ? Because to be honest, if I were Spider-Man and had all them different tricks, I'll be trying some kinky positions. Let's, let's be honest. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I say, more rats was probably the gateway drug for me as well. Not mine. <laughs> Not mine. Mine is at same time period. Mm-hmm. It ran about the same time, like maybe last year of school, first year of college, maybe. So you're looking mm-hmm. like 99, 2000. Um, and it was dogma. Right. And it was like a, like a spiritual awakening. <laughs> like, <laughs> it had a poop monster in it. Damn it. <laughs> it, it was such, like it was comedy I'd never seen before. Like, right. I'd never seen that level of humour before. And obviously you had Jay and Silent Bob. Mm-hmm. Alan Rickman was involved. Yes. Um, so See, Dogma. Exactly. Oh, very mm-hmm. much. And that was like my gateway into it. So then from then went obviously Mall Rats. And again, it was just, it's relatable. Like, too relatable. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it just spanned from there and it, it's become a love affair since I've had since probably 1999 and still going so strong today. Mm-hmm. No, Dogma is like one of the top tiers of Kevin Smith's films. Like yeah. 
the performances in it. I know he gets a lot of shit for like the look of his films and stuff, but that one looked professional. And yeah. like I say, I, like I say, I know Alan McMahon, like say he's brilliant in anything he does, but I don't think Affleck and uh, Matt Damon get as much credit for oh, their performances in yeah. that film as well, because like you can't take your eyes on them. And, and like I say, the the transformation and the journey that like I say, um, where all they do was want to get home to the point where. Ben Affleck's like full uh, apocalypse, wanting death, and t- becomes full vi- villain as well. And I love that scene when he's like, uh, when he's flying down, uh, dropping people in the church. Yeah, he's coming down the wings, but he's got that look on his face, the smarmy look that he was in in, in Mallrats when he was tr- trying to bang oh, people in, a, un- un- in an uncomfortable position. Uh, but yes, uh, uh, of a Volvo. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uh, there's going to be all them type of jokes as well. So yes, we yeah, uh, Dogma, like I said, um, one of uh, probably one of uh, Kevin Smith's greatest accomplishments to date. I would say easily. Oh, hundred percent. And Alanis Morissette is God. Genius who idea. Who else could play God? I know, genius <laughs> idea. Like at the time, she was like everything. Especially the fact that Jagged Little Pill was mm-hmm. probably still sitting in my tape deck somewhere. <laughs> Um, or me portable Walkman, like me portable CD player. And yeah, that was just genius move. So Dogma was mine. Away, Grant. <laughs> I'm literally echoing what you've said, Tommy. It was uh, Dogma for me. Mm-hmm. I can't remember how I saw it. I might have seen it at the cinema or I might have seen it on like a pirate mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, fell in love with it. I loved George Carlin. Yeah, <gasps> um, totally forgot about the great I George Carlin. Literally adore his stand-up it speaks to me on so many levels so when he popped up in the first scene I was like all right this is going to be good (laughs) and then watched it through was blown away by it equally I adore Jagged Little Pill so when Alanis Morissette came out as God at the end I was just like it's it's the fucking perfect movie I've just had (laughs) Salma Hayek dancing around in a bikini (gasps) it's like I don't want anything else out (laughs) of a film ever and then a few mates were like have you seen the other ones yeah, I was exactly the same. <laughs> but there's so many good things about Dogma. Like, say, like if you think of all the cameos and all the different performances in it as well. Like, even Chris Rock isn't annoying in the film, no. uh, which is quite surprising. As uh, playing the apostle, uh, like say, sprouting uh, word of the Lord Jesus and how he owed him tw- twenty bucks and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But I just love that thing, like, see when he falls out the sky and he's like a naked black man, and he's like getting a uh, Silent Bob's coat, and he's like, "Don't worry, I'll tuck your junk at the back, so it's not rough." <laughs> 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 like, that, like that little nuances and little uh, little in jokes and stuff that do, and I love how the, the amp G up in this as well. The taking, like, say, not just like say, like G was always like at a, a level, and this time he went to, he went all. Um, Spinal tap and went up to eleven. Yeah. Uh, with his crudeness and how he just was, all he was talking was just fucking and stuff like, and the jokes and as well when he's like, oh, um, if you know everything, tell us about, tell us secrets about, like you masturbate more than any other person in this world. And just get shit, son. Tell me something I don't know. Sometimes you think about guys and you see the face and it's just absolutely <laughs> hilarity. And <laughs> it's um, it is J Eddie's finest because after that he goes on his downward spiral um, and he's I think one of them oh gosh what's after Dogma? James Allen Bob, Bob Strikes Back can't re- he can't remember doing it 
<laughs> he physically can't remember doing it. He had to be forced to come to the set. Um, he was mm. completely and utterly off his rocker. Um, mm. So, yeah, you've got Dogma. That's mm. the pinnacle of J. Mm-hmm. And I think it was brought back in reboot. And I'll fight anyone for that. I love seeing Jay right now. I love seeing how happy he is. I hate them teeth. But I just... I just, <laughs> I just to be fair, that's not his fault really now. No. <laughs> but then teeth, like, he paid money for that. And that, like, his smile, he's a beautiful smile. Now he's got mm-hmm. these big white false teeth and they're like, oh, what out happened of, there? It was out, well... Yeah. Heroin does a, a wonderful thing to your teeth, so you... Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, that's what meth will do to you. Yeah. They're all sitting at the bottom of a sink somewhere now. Hold on. I was going to say, harsh. Like, see, I'd rather see him like that than gummy. That's <laughs> true. That is true. But um, is true. in Dogma as well, I love the story. I think I told on a previous podcast, but I'll tell it again, is when... Um, Kevin Smith pulled um, Jason Mewes to one side and said, look, um, in the previous films, they had to feed his lines in each scene he was in because he couldn't remember shit. And they went, look, this is a proper film. We've got serious actors. We've got Alan Rickman in and he's a proper British actor. And if you don't know your lines, he's going to fucking kick the shit out of you. So he actually put the fear of God into him with it being dogma as well. So that he not only learned his own lines, he learned the lines of the whole fucking cast. <laughs> so he knew what everyone else was going to say, when it was going to say it. And um, it was probably just like, you can tell because he was prepared. And yeah. Everything just hits hits the points. Even like say the jokes when, uh, at the end, when they think the world's going to end, and he grabs, uh, like I said, I can't remember Bethany. her name now, Bethany, Bethany. Uh, to one side and think, oh, he's trying to be saving, he's going to have a redeeming moment. No, he's just no. trying to fuck her. Exactly. <laughs> he's full on, Jay. He is like, you can tell he's on his absolute A game in dogma. Like, he was great in Mall Rats, but that was just another extension of Clerks, Jay, because they hadn't like fully established him yet. Yeah, but I think um, if you put all the time that Jay was in it, I think it's about 15 minutes at the most, where yeah. he, he had a basically run this movie. This was a full, like, so much. So but I love how, like, say, when Kevin Smith cast himself in, in his films as well, that it wasn't really meant to be Kevin Smith. No. It was, it was meant to, wasn't it meant to be Dante uh, out, of, out of who actually, no, it wasn't. It was, ah. Uh, I was, I've forgotten who it was. Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson, that was it. Brian, Brian Johnson. Jo- yeah, Brian Johnson is the real mm-hmm. Randall. Is he yes. Dante or Randall? It's either oh, one or the other. You see him in comic book men, he is Randall. Oh. He is he is a complete well, bell end. <laughs> and do you know what though? Like I've read um Kevin Smith's book. He does he, he brought a book out of like a diary entries of when he moved to Los Angeles. And he used to have a, a Jane Silent Bob store in Los Angeles, and Brian Johnson ran it. Well, he didn't because he never showed up for work. Um, he really was the true life Randall. That shop went down so quickly. Brian Johnson is one of my my husband's heroes. Him, Walt, and Q do um, a podcast called Tell Him Steve Dave. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a Patreon to it. He absolutely adores them. They we followed them for years, like well before Comic Book Men, um, mm-hmm. and it comes from the line in Mallrats. Tell yeah. him, Steve, Dave. But doesn't uh, like say Brian Johnson still just like doesn't work? Where he just lives on the right uh, the royalty fees he gets from Mall Rats. That's, yeah. that's that's how he still lives his life now. So after well, that one he, line, he's doing not doing too bad. Oh, not at all. But obviously, <laughs> the tell, tell him, Steve, Dave is like massive. It mm-hmm. was it was always big to start with because of the the topic of conversation and obviously comic book men came out and it made it even bigger. Right now, the the re- like Walt um, doesn't work in the shop anymore. Right. Um, 
Mike Zapsik is the manager. All right. Ming Chen never worked in the shop, ever. <laughs> um, but they're starting now to do a series of telling the secrets of comic book men, and answers. it's fantastic. <laughs> like, it really is fantastic. <laughs> All right, is that on the podcast, or is that on, like, yeah. say, like, oh, so it's not, like, the comic book men, the series? I, no, 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 this is on their podcast because they're out of contract now, so they can start talking about it. <laughs> so they're telling all the secrets of comic book men. But Q was meant to be in comic book men mm-hmm. instead of Ming, Mm-hmm. but Q couldn't do it because of impractical jokers. Right, yeah. So it would have been a very different dynamic. Definitely, because Ming was like the whipping boy that used to get beat up oh, at the Arsehole, I absolutely hate the guy. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> that right. smoke face. <laughs> so after Sam Shin taking the hate and, and negativity out of fandom, she's already talked about hate and hate and already. So <laughs> he's just so <laughs> smug. He's so smug and he's... He you does come up. You, you he don't gets, know the guy. He, he might be different. You might hate uh, his persona. So persona. That's that's a good word. I hate his persona. <laughs> yes. So c- coming back to the normality now, um, let's go back to where it started. Um, I can say because after I watched more, as like what Grant said, he, he went back to revisit um, what what came before, and I went back to the original, um, the groundbreaking, and just basically the unbelievable for what what they did with what it cost i know you can tell it, it's shot on like cheap production and stuff but what a film like say Amazing. what a dialogue what that script must have been gold and as soon as the as it didn't win uh the sunset Sun, sundance sundance yeah but um oh i absolutely adored clerks when i watched that for the first time i i, I thought it was real life i thought this was a yeah. documentary <laughs> Yeah, it was so fly on the wall, wasn't it? The way that it was shot, and it was so different as well. But to know the backstory of like how Kevin got it made, like he mm. had to sell his whole comic book collection, and he got money off a, a hurricane, um, one of his all, cars. It was all on credit card as well. Like, he, yeah, he, oh he, yeah, he, him he, and Moja maxed it out. Yeah, he gambled big, and and like say, if that wouldn't paid off, that fuck, he, no. yeah. But uh, yeah, he won, he won. Him and his um, business partner, Scott Moja, they mm-hmm. definitely won on that. Wasn't it like six or seven uh, credit cards he maxed out for it as well? About 20 grand, 20,000 in credit cards, I think, when he put in his autobiography um, in the in the book. says that that was as much as they could get. And everything else was just, as I said, they, they were filming when they were meant to be working as well. So when they were in the convenience stop, like say they were actually working in the convenience stop. That's that's the only time they could actually film it. That's so, meant that. And the but, fact that they've got Walter Flanagan as five different characters is just genius. <laughs> I love it. So they film a load of it through the night, isn't that why the shutters are down in the first place? It was to exactly. mask the fact that it was nighttime outside. Oh, yeah, I never even yeah. thought of that. <laughs> oh, but yeah. a clever, a clever way to get around it as well. Though, like I say, getting gum in the in the locks. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I ensure you, we are open today. So, like I say, that sign is iconic. Yeah. But um, like I say, talking about Walter Flanagan, like I say, I know he was mm. a few different roles in that film. Uh, I know we've all watched it. What was your favorite Walt Flanagan moment in Clerks? Is it the egg guy? The egg guy. The egg guy was good. Egg guy. Uh huh. Donna. Probably the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Grant. 
Um, but I wasn't aware of this guy playing multiple roles, but I yeah. love the egg guy, so I'm going to say that one. <laughs> That's him. He plays so many roles in the film. Well, the, that, that, the, the egg guy, what was in the premise that he was a guidance counselor and, like, say, having a mainly, meaningless job, trying to pick, mm-hmm. like, the, the jobs for people and stuff like that. That drove them crazy. That was the story behind it. But I liked um, the offended guy who... Um, it was standing there, and, oh. like say, and Randall was talking about something so offensive, or like say, and he went, and he just like was the worst acting in. I know some of the acting in Clerks was terrible, but it was the worst acting all. And he just he's got glasses on. He goes, "I'm really offended by what you're saying. I'm going to c- complain." And and Dante so is like, <laughs> and Dante is like, "Oh shit, man!" It like said, "I didn't mean it." Like said, "We kind of got carried away." And Randall's like, "Fuck him." Fuck that guy. <laughs> Oh, Walt, Walt never um, dreamed of being an actor or being on telly, so that's probably why. <laughs> um, I'd say there's so many good things in Clerks, like from start to finish, it's, it's an absolute triumph like of just comedy, genius yeah. and quotability. Like we, like even before the podcast started, we were quoting like elements. I let Grant have his moment, moment to, to say what we were quoting. So... <laughs> He's just... Are you going to do it? <laughs> I was saving the 37 dicks bit. No, uh, dicks. moment with Donna on that casting couch. I was just going to throw it at her at one point and just watch her crumble and blush. Why would I ask her how many that she's done? Like, say, in a row. <laughs> I've got my casting couch out because that's actually what I'm going to do as a homage to Kevin Smith. I've got them all lined up back there. All the dicks. <laughs> all the dicks like on 37. <laughs> <laughs> like I, say, I, I said, that whole conversation as well is just what conversations you had with like people and stuff and how men, like say, reacted to them type of conversations when it was okay for men to sleep or get, get them many blowjobs. But yeah. uh, for a woman to be, like say, free and suck 37 dicks was like the reaction was just... <laughs> like yeah, it's so quaint and so uh, of the time, I think, because uh, I think it was just before, like when women's sexuality was allowed to be promiscuous or be like like the male counterparts, where like say slag shaman, uh, slut shaman, um, was being frowned upon as well. So it kind of brought forward a lot, and even though it is smutty humour, it does shine a light on a lot of things. Um, quite quite apt at the time so i never yeah. thought i'd uh, say something so um quite political <laughs> on a kevin smith <laughs> podcast <Yeah>. as well <laughs> i think because at the time like wasn't madonna allowing women to explore sexuality like she was the one who was really bringing the forefront so mm. him just adding to the narrative just splendid that's good like i feel with the narrative as well but there's so many like good jokes like <laughs> Uh, from like the Russian guy singing Berserker song, won't you suck my cock, Berserker? <laughs> Did you just say making fuck? <laughs> you can see what's going to happen. Re- reenact clerks. <laughs> oh. You know what I, what I think is the funniest part of that movie, though, is oh, uh, when Caitlin fucks the dead guy in the back. <laughs> Oh, good God, I forgot about that. And she comes out all satisfied and fulfilled, and that's never been like that. You just sat there and let me do whatever I wanted. And you made you think, what the fuck did she do to that guy? <laughs> she and, fucked a dead guy. And, 
and to quote like Brody as well, if Brody was in this film, like say a Mallrats character, did he come? <laughs> he would have asked the question. <laughs> he would have asked the question. Um, Jason Lee's not in this one, is he? No, no, he didn't make his debut to Mallrats. Mallrats. Uh, but um, like I say, the introduction of Randall as the character, um, and when he when he walks on the screen. And he just stands next to that glass at the video store and just has a casual conversation. And the, how that plays out, like saying, oh, what film are you looking for? Yeah, it's all um, that one in the window. He's, she's like, yeah, I've been waiting for it for the last half hour. He's like, I bet I'll get that film before you. And he's, she's like, fuck you, dude. And he's like, 20 bucks I'll get it before. And he just waltzes into the convenience store, gives some shit to Dante and what is the, firm, the famous lines? I'm not even meant to be here today. Um <laughs> And then goes back and then her face when she realises he's the, the clerk, he's the guy that runs the store. She's not getting the movie. <laughs> no, she's not. Jeff Anderson just plays that part mm-hmm. so well. Like, it, when you watch it, like, in Zach and Mary, mm-hmm. the minute he comes on screen, I'm expecting Randall. Yes. Like, and that's what I'm expecting from Jeff Anderson mm-hmm. all the time. Because that character is perfect. And it is so Brian Johnson, it's scary. But the thing is, though, with the Randall character as well, because everyone after, like, well, read about after Clerks uh, came out, was expecting him to be the next big thing, was expecting him yeah, to, yeah. To, to launch. Explode. But he had a massive fall now with Kevin Smith as well. So Over royalties. Think, yeah, I don't think he actually made up until Zach and Marie. So that was the, the it film. It was that... Clerks 2. Was it Clerks it was, 2? It was Clerks 2. Um, yeah, they had a massive falling out over royalties because I'm sure Kevin, in order for distribution, because I don't think he owns Mall Rats. I don't think no. he owns it until like a few years' time. And mm. that really puts a damper on royalties, especially for the cast. Mm. And I think Jeff Anderson really took it to heart. And that's why. Because Clerks 2 was meant to come out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And that's why it took so long for it to get made because he ha- he wouldn't do it without him. Yeah, to be fair, I'm glad they waited as, as long as they did because I don't think it would have had as much as of, of an impact. But I I love, like I said, what happened with Clerks too. But we'll we'll come to that in a moment. But like I say, all the elements as well, like um, how Dante is not satisfied in a, in a relationship that's the, the last was pretty perfect and doing everything for him, trying to push him. But he always had this, um, like, say, Caitlin as as the dream, and oh, got a little cat head there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and hello, <laughs> but that like that that was the whole story. Like, as much of a a pussy Dante was, he couldn't make his mind up and make a decision. Which again, so many elements, and I love how a lot of them elements played into future films as well. Not just like say the introduction of Jane, Silent and Bob um, and like say the quick stop, but like I said, the funeral scene and how that played out in, uh, in the mall rats as well. Yeah. So the funeral that they actually attended was the funeral. I can't remember the name where the, the last had a brain hemorrhage when she was swimming. Is that oh yes. Um, she did. A, oh God, I can't remember what her name is, but yes. That is referenced that was, again. That's so clever. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, it's all elements in there. But I love the fact of not just that, but um, when they go back into, like I say, Mall Rats and then, like I say, James and Bob, even if people play different characters, they still reference them same characters, yeah. like Ben Affleck playing Holden McNeil. Um, and, and then what was he called in? Uh, Shannon. Sh- Shannon. 
Oh, I can't remember what his surname is. It's Shannon something. But like I'll put us right, I guess. Possibly. But there were so many like elements, and I loved, as I said, the Star Wars references well, throughout. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to get to next was the Star Wars. And the fact that they referenced it in Force Awakens too. <laughs> Genius. Love it. Yes, Martin has brought up. And thank you to everyone who's in the chat tonight. Um, Martin's just brought up the Star All Wars. Right. The, con- the contract thing, yes. Yes. Which, again, we had that debate at college. <laughs> we had that conversation. Get, like, say, as you said, in the, in the like, say, going back to Clerks, the first Star Wars film, everyone was an Imperial. Everyone knew what they were doing. Everyone was drinking the Kool-Aid. Uh, so when the deaths came about, it was the, it was their own fault. So mm-hmm. when the contractors in the death in in Jedi, there was some innocence that the like I say that that was flawed. With, so was the was the kill worth worth it? Yeah, I think Martin's confused by no Shannon was the was Ben Affleck's character, not Shannon Doherty. I know who that is. Yes. So we'll move off from the chat. So yes. I was just checking to see if someone actually named who what Ben Affleck's name was because it's uh, really annoying us. Just call him the Uncle Fucker, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um but I'm sorry. interested in Grant, what was your favorite part of Clerkston? That's what I was finding amazing about this conversation is the fact that everybody's got their own different mm-hmm. bits that they think is the best bit of clerks. Mm-hmm. It's not very often that a joke like will make me laugh every time, especially if I've seen a movie as often as I've seen clerks. But the bit in the car, I, I think they're going on the way to the funeral, the mm-hmm. sucking your own dick bit between <laughs> Randall and uh, Dante <laughs> is one of the most brilliantly executed jokes in the world. And it's, it's just Randall. I've, I've never done it. It's, <laughs> it's like boom. Yes. It's, no matter how often I see it, it, it <laughs> buckles me double. I'm fetal position on the floor, laughing at it, and oh, it, it's just perfect. It but you know really what's coming, though. You know what's coming, and the timing in it as well. But I think the chemistry and the timing between them two, like they, they hit gold with with it, and. I, as you said, that joke and just the way Randall is and how he's building up, trying to get him to admit something that he doesn't want to admit. Because to be fair, we'll all put our hands up. We've all tried it. Um, I haven't. <laughs> <above it. laughs> yeah, I like nice. him up there for your granddad. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and then when they come out, the, the funeral at that point as well, when the, basically he's done something where he's decimated the corpse or he's, he's mentioned something right. about the nipples shown, I think, uh, oh, to, to family members. It's just that inappropriate humour. But uh, he's, yeah. he's got he's got zero filter on him. Mm-hmm. Like it, He does not give a shit what comes out of his mouth. And it, it continues on in Clerks 2. He has no filter. I love it. Absolutely love it. Love him. What about, what about you, Sammy? What's your favourite part of oh. Clerks? Probably the 37 dicks. The 37 dicks. <laughs> 37, the... That, it's just the realisation. It's <laughs> just genius. Because you don't expect it to be like 37 dicks. <laughs> um, I, I, I love the reaction afterwards when he chases out the out the, the shop saying, don't suck any dicks to wait at the car park. And that guy's standing there and he just realises <laughs> he starts on and he goes, hey, you, get back here. <laughs> but, uh... God. But there's probably two bits that are actually like saying the, the the one bit's a longer bit is the cigarette guy, the cigarette scene mm. where the where the chewing gum guys um yes. trying to talk everyone out of uh 
buying cigarettes to sell sell his gum, and he's walking it out like he's a like t- like and turns everyone on Dante, and he's got got to get black lung out and everything like that, and and doesn't matter what because Do- with Dante being such a pushover as well, he can't even uh, get him out out of, out of his shop, which he should have. I yeah. love that scene and how it plays out. But um, isn't that Walter Flanagan who then comes in and buys the cigarettes anyway? Like he does not give a shit about what he sees. I, I, I'm can't sure it's I, I, I don't think you see the face on that guy. It's like you just see the back of him because he just he gets so he just wants off. them anyway. <laughs> yeah, but um, that and the bit where uh, the, the lying down cuddling him and his girlfriend Veronica, and they're talking about the honor system. How basically people are too scared thinking they're being watched uh, that they don't that they don't steal or take as take any more than that, that than the need and just love that idea and that premise that like say used like a bit of psychology in there because to be honest i wouldn't uh i'd say if i went in the store and i just had a sign uh pay what you think take as much take change, take your right change i would think someone's watching us so i wouldn't be, be able to bring myself to steal yeah i haven't got in this i'll just go bright red <laughs> <laughs> and you get like it just shows you all the dickheads that you get in retail, like yeah, I was laughing at the milkmaid who goes through looking at all the milk. And my ma did that every time I went shopping when I was a kid, and she was like, "You've got to go to the back." It's like this actually happens. <laughs> I, I, I do that every time I go in Asda. I look for the one on the highest end. I have the milkmaid. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I just grab. I don't really look. I'm going to do that from now on. <laughs> What makes uh, Dante and Randall so relatable as well is like Dante is everything you feel when you work in retail. I spent a long time in the retail service industry. The amount of times I've screamed, I'm not supposed to be here today. I've lost count. <laughs> but then Randall is everything you want to be. Yes, in yes. That, you, that's everything you ever want to say to mm-hmm. any customer ever. Oh, <laughs> and you've, I totally, to... <laughs> you've totally hit it right on the head there. I was that's a brilliant analysis of that. Yeah, but I love it in the store when like say when Randall's watch sitting in the in in the video store and that woman's trying to ask him questions about the movie and he can tell he's got no fucking, <laughs> uh, just interest at all and she's trying to ignore her and she's not. And then she tries to trick him and then she's pissed off that that he he wasn't listening to her and he goes, I don't uh, appreciate your ruse, madam. <laughs> and it turns it back on her. <laughs> and he's got enough coming here again. And he asks her cheer and goes, Right, you're banned, you're not coming back in here again. And you hear Jason go, Yeah man, yeah, fucking get her. <laughs> it's like that type of thing. I would love to do that on the phone. I would get sacked so quickly. Like I say. Oh, that's a that's a last year moment. That yeah, hundred oh, percent. Yeah, if I ever win the lottery, don't put me on the phone. <laughs> just just quote Kevin Smith to people all day, even if it doesn't make any sense. Just keep quoting it to them. And we all get it. them, like I say, the shit bag customers as well. When, uh, like I said, it's not even Dante's fault. The guy comes in, is asking about next door, uh, not being open, and he's got his videotape, mm. and he's giving Dante a shit just because Randall's not there. And he's like, um, like I say, look, fucker, you, 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 oh. you obviously didn't uh, work out in in life that well that you're working as a as a clerk. And uh, now when he comes in, take these videos, the numbers, this, remember it. And he leaves his key on the desk and he just goes, puts it in the bin. I was like, yes, yes <laughs> I would so want to do that. I'm just going to go and turn my light on. Two seconds, just keep talking. Yeah, Sammy's got old goth on us. <laughs> what? You've, been, You've got old goth on us. I know. All right, I can still see you. But um, there's so many little elements. Like, 
it, when they go and play hockey as well. Um, and the fact that he's wanting to do that all day and uh-huh. he gets to play hockey and then some dickhead comes up and just because he wants to buy a pack of cigarettes, kicks the the ball away. But even that's done really well when they're having arguments with his friends because his friends want free Gatorade. And <laughs> I, 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 and I love that, like I said, Donna pointed out at the start as well, that the the dialogue and everything is stuff that we would have that as a conversation with your friends and people. Like I say, I've had conversations like probably his grand bless him working behind a bar has probably had that conversation with don't know how many people saying they're trying to get a free drink out of them uh, <laughs> and, <all that laughs> and all that jazz. But uh, it's just so relatable as well. That, yeah. That's that's probably why it hit home so much. Like it was of the time, and I I would always love to when people get introduced to Kevin Smith movies and going back through them and it reminds them thing. And even if they're not born of the time, like I say, because we're getting a lot of people now, like 10 years yeah. or, or even 15 years before Kevin Smith, like made these movies are now watching them and getting to relate and see what it was back then. Cause it was very much like that back then. And st- still elements mm-hmm. quite that, like that too. Yeah. A hundred, hundred percent. It took me a long time to watch Clerks though. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it was when out, you know, when you go through the back catalog of Kevin Smith, it was, I never picked it up. It was only a few years ago. I watched it mm-hmm. and totally regretted it. I was like, I should, I should have watched this years ago. This is an absolute, lesson in mm-hmm. film history yeah and i've and i've missed out for so long <laughs> i was like i don't i like i didn't get the um the star wars references that people were talking about because i'd never seen clerks mm-hmm. i just assumed because it's kevin smith of course he's gonna talk star wars <laughs> like it's obvious <laughs> i don't think many films talked about star wars as fans no that was that was the breakthrough for me because as, as I've said, we've, we've had these conversations, but we've not seen it in movies yeah. when they've referenced Star Wars. It's always been in jokes or snide little comments towards it or like backhanded compliments, I would say. Yeah, this, 100%. Well, this was treated as like, as as, <laughs> as the motherfucking Bible, <laughs> shall we say. No, that, you're that, totally right. He, he's, he always has done. Um, I'll get this out of the way with um, he is the guy who makes it okay in the industry for us to be the way we are. Mm-hmm. Like for me, he, he really does because he is in his fifties now and he still acts the same way as he did yeah. when he was younger. And he is not ashamed. He's not ashamed. No, he loves what he loves. Yeah. Um, and he loves to talk about it. He loves to fan mm-hmm. out about it. He loves to geek out about it. And he just, for me, as a woman who's coming into my forties, like it's okay. Yeah. It's it's fine. I, I'm okay to be the way that I am. And um, mm-hmm. he's just for me, he is everything. Absolutely to, everything. To be fair though, as well, we, we wouldn't have this fucking podcast if it we wasn't wouldn't. for Kevin Smith. Because I, I know we'll probably get like a lot of shit for it, but we rip off a lot of Kevin Smith's ideas, even the closing. I rip off Kevin Smith from Fat Man and Beyond. It's the yep. same line he uses because it's it's like my little dedication to him. Yeah. So it's my little thank you for giving us this. So he's uh, he's the yeah. reason I got into podcasts. Mm. Smodcast was probably one of the first podcasts I ever listened to. I know Ricky Gervais is classed as the king of the podcast. Like he started the whole genre, but Kevin Smith was so close behind, and Smodcast was huge. Massive. And then it branched out into Hollywood Babylon, which today is still one of my favorite podcasts ever. 
him and Ralph Garman just ripping the piss out of Hollywood is just hilarious. Um, and he is the reason I wanted to do this because I loved how he did it. He's done mm-hmm. so many. Like, yeah. He does so many. <laughs> but he's so good at them. <laughs> well, yeah, it's one of them things that... Because with the internet now, there's, there's so many arseholes who have their own opinions about yeah. shit and that thing. So it was quite nice to do this and have my say but not doing it in a way where I'm shitting on anyone I know I make jokes and stuff like that but that's always been like the case and I think Kevin Smith does the same (coughs) where he doesn't shit on things he talks about things he loves and that's the whole idea where this 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 come from so sorry Kevin if you're watching I ripped you off mate (laughs) (laughs) um he's and also what I love so much about him he's not Mm. afraid to cry and get emotional like Mm. we do about the things that we love I I I do (laughs) I remember watching him when he what he 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 was asked to react to the flash episode you know where he where the flash goes back and like changes everything then he has to put it back again and he gets to talk to his mom Mm -hmm. and watching Kevin Smith cry for an hour was just so like I don't know it was like moving like I cried with him (laughs) even though I'd seen that episode ages ago I still sitting every time he cries I Mm -hmm. just bawl absolutely ball but it's his passion i love yeah. his passion behind things mm-hmm. he's fantastic should we start going into other movies <laughs> before <saying>. i cry has <laughs> <laughs> anyone got anything else to want to talk about clerks i know grant you you've got a lot to say and a lot mm-hmm. of love for the film so i don't want it to cut you short or anything no no, no honestly mate if i started talking about clerks i absolutely wouldn't stop i think we've established the fact that it is a pretty much immaculate comedy mm-hmm. you know what i mean it really is start to finish it's just perfection it's, mm-hmm. don't get me started i'll shut <laughs> yeah. up because there's a lot to get through <laughs> you don't even have to be like a kevin smith like diehard fan to love mm-hmm. clerks Nah. You really okay. don't. It's so standalone. You just need to have worked in retail. Yeah. <laughs> All you need yes. to have done, and nearly everybody has. And you just look at it and go, "Yeah, I'm not doing that again." <laughs> <laughs> or if you do, do it a bit more like Randall, shall we say? Yeah. Have the balls and say, <laughs> "Yeah." That's what we should get. To, um, like the mantra for work is like, "Be more Randall." What would Randall do? <laughs> um, probably be a pie fucker or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely. <laughs> Oh, yes. So that was two th- 1994 when this wow. came out. So yeah, Kurt Cobain died. Oh, well. <laughs> the depths already. <laughs> yep. I haven't got very many with Kevin Smith, so I'm going to take it where I can get it. <laughs> so and there she is. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't see anything bad. <laughs> no, you no, don't. Let's, let's just say no, no, no. My Little Ponies were hurt during this podcast either, so it's all good. I'm yeah. just going to keep my fucking mouth shut. <laughs> what about you, Donna? Have you got anything else you want to add about the clerks? Um, I think I've pretty much covered everything mm-hmm. with clerks. I just agree with everything Grant just said. Really, mm-hmm. it's it's just amazing from start to finish. I would love to do like a live watching with people just to <gasps> see, like if someone hasn't watched it before, just to oh. see what the fuck I've like say this are we doing or what's going on? Because uh, again, it's it's a baptism of fire, basically. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd be heartbroken if someone didn't get it. If they actually watched the whole thing and just went, I don't get that. 
I think I'd be absolutely heartbroken. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you obviously haven't worked in retail, I guess, or worked in a customer facing or customer service job. Or lived in the nineties. <laughs> so one thing. Seven dicks. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of ridiculous. I, I keep forgetting about that scene. I'm just, I'm just waiting for one of the ladies to put the hand up so I'm saying I've done better. Mm. I'll get that out of me. <laughs> Donna's given us a little <laughs> Donna, Donna, just, Donna just slyly takes a drink. <laughs> <laughs> just necked an entire pint in less than a second. <laughs> you suck 68 dicks in a row. <laughs> no, don't spit. <laughs> oh Donna <laughs> every time I know what you mean you see you got a warm sorry <laughs> something, got, something catch you in the back of the throat there I don't want to drink my drink anymore <laughs> yeah it's funny it's, that was a bit tangy there to put it yes <laughs> I've been eating so, don't worry I've not been eating any asparagus it's fine put it yes <laughs> pineapple all the way mate pineapple and strawberries <laughs> That's the new safe word, pineapple. <laughs> next film. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think so the next one. Rats. More rats. Yes. More rats. <laughs> and this one had the better soundtrack, I have to admit. I loved Clerks, but the 100%. soundtrack was better than Mole Rats. Can I ask you a question? Have you seen the original cut of Mole Rats? Well, there's two. Well, it wasn't the, ori- yeah, the like original. The theater, the th- is it the theater one or like the uncut no, one? Because. No, the, the original cut was the well. The one we saw was the original cut, but the right. different version didn't come out. It was only released on the Blu-ray. God, yeah, because I was so confused because obviously mm-hmm. we get our films from sources, and links aren't always right. And I put more rats on, and the opening came on, which was yeah. totally normal. And then all of a sudden, there's like a medieval nights thing going on and a renaissance no no no, like, no 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 it wasn't a renaissance it was a civil war reactment that's it thank yeah. you and i was really confused <laughs> i was like what have i stepped into i don't like this <laughs> where's it's, the original well apparently the the story behind it is this was the original film that when they've done the test screen and people thought was over long well kevin smith and his movies he doesn't like them being long he likes like them being under 90 minutes, tell the story. Yeah. And this one felt a bit long. So he, they did cut out all the, like the Civil War and the, the basically the TS um, accident nearly shooting the governor scene. That's why the the scene near the end, when he's going back into the mall, the cinema, and that guy says, hey, weren't you on the news? And he turned around and punches him. But you don't really um, understand that joke. That's right. the only thing that was left in. Um, but as I said, that was the running joke throughout, that he, he was meant to be a terrorist. But um, I, oh, I, think, yeah. I think both ver- versions work. I don't think both, like, see, I know they've re- reshot the beginning and done the breakup scene a, a lot quicker than they played out in, in so we see the Blu ray cuts. That, that, yeah. That's where it gets around in my head because I know when they come out in Blu ray, it was uh, double sided. Right. So you watch one cut on one side, then you flip yeah. it over and then watch the other other, other side. But um, they don't yeah. do DVDs like that anymore, do they? <laughs> My ex. Oh, the Sammy froze. I don't know why. <laughs> but um, but yes, did did any of you see the the other cut, or have you only seen the original? Obviously. Mm-hmm. 
I'm no? completely oblivious to what you're talking about. The minute you started talking about a different intro, I thought yeah. you were going to say that you downloaded the porn version or something like that. <laughs> no, not this time. No, there's actually two versions of Mall Rats out there. Mm. Um, Absolutely unaware of it, mate. <laughs> so was I. So was I until I started watching it, and I was like, "What the shit?" I was like, I was so confused. So I had to like stop it, Google it, and I was like, "Oh, I'm not watching this, mind. No, I want me. I want the normal. You know, I need to see the normal. I need to see Rucker in all of his glory." Well, you do say it, but instead of saying it behind like uh, the film crew of the um, <laughs> the, the the news reporters, but um, the, basically the beginning how it started out is Brandy and TS are on a roof and Brandy's looking out at, like, at the stargazing for some reason. And uh, there's a government governor's ball on and the governor's on. She's uh, got these secret agent people around her and being all good tactical. And then Rocker comes in um, trying to sell his show. And she was meant to give him a check to basically finance uh, the dating show. And he's just this insufferable arsehole as he is. And she's getting more and more pissed off with them. And then uh, TS has got a musket that he's got for the Civil War reenactment that he's doing a play for at school. And during an argument with uh, his girlfriend, he gets the rifle stuck in her hair and pulling it out, pulls the trigger and shoots. And everyone thinks that the governor's been shot at by TS. So Michael Rucker dives on uh, the governor and got his foot in a tit and she gets really, really pissed off and tears the checkups in. You're not getting the funding for your show now. And that's where the hatred before Rupper and TS comes about. Um, oh, right. Yeah, and then um, basically, um, like I say, the, the shoot him and think he's a terrorist and like I say, all end up getting cleared up and, and mixed up. But then TS goes to the house trying to uh, then make up a brandy um, and then puts his foot well, he doesn't. Jason Lee, uh, Brody goes all Brody and fucks everything up because uh, they were about to get back together, and then that's when the mall happens. Right. I turned oh, it off. Oh. I turned it off at the rifle bit. I was like, Nah, this is not my mall rats. If I don't see Ethan Spooley looking at that uh, schooner, I will go. Hey, nuts. it's a schooner. Ah, oh, you dumb bastard. That's a sailboat. <laughs> a schooner, schooner is. is a sailboat. You know what? That Easter Bunny isn't real. That's just a guy in a suit. He got a suit. It is brilliant. The, I, I did not know for years that was Ethan Spooley. I had no idea. I don't even know if I'm saying his surname right. I really don't. But I just I had no idea it was him. It wasn't until American History X. And I was like, oh my God, that's a sailboat guy. He was in, uh, what was it, Boy Meets World and My Name is Earl as well. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? He mm-hmm. was his was it his brother? Yep, he was pretty played Randy. Yeah, that's right. The um Randy. <laughs> Whenever Jason... came, that song came on. <laughs> oh Rob Bass. Well, the DJ Rock and Rob Bass. Yes. Uh, it takes two. <laughs> yeah. Jason yes. Lee in this movie is just utter perfection. Gold. Like Gold. perfection. Wasn't... There is nothing about this guy I do not love. Wasn't he a skateboarder before this though? Yeah, he was yeah. cast because you're casting this after like he was doing like skateboarding, like yeah, shit. he was a, he was like a professional skateboarder in a in a, in a sense, like mm-hmm. big within the skateboard. And I didn't realize how big the skateboarding industry was, um, but yeah, massive. And he's just he's he's the ultimate ultimate nerd nerd boy. He's what I wanted to be. To be fair, 
I wanted to be he's, um, he's who, uh, <laughs> yeah he's who I, he's who I aspire to be every day to be that level of nerd like so, like he's so passionate about it and he knows everything yes well, not every, he, he knows everything about bullshit and shites. He doesn't know how to like, train his girlfriend. That's one way we have to show. That is true. That is true. Well, um, I know, but like I said, like we did with Clerks, Donna, mm-hmm. what was your favourite part of, of more Rats? Is it me, though? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, well, it's probably got to be the stink pump. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like a chocolate pencil? <laughs> I was so tempted to get some chocolate pretzels for tonight, but for <laughs> I couldn't look at Rucker the same way for a while after that mind. <laughs> Go on, Donna, be honest. Have you tried doing that? Have you put your palm in, in the crook of your ass and seen if it stunk? To be honest, you're among friends. <laughs> no, should I? <laughs> maybe, maybe after the podcast you can get Tucky with it. <laughs> He's in the room, so let's have a look now. How many people in the chat are offering to pay for it now? <laughs> Martin will get his mop out. <laughs> sick. Where is tonight going? <laughs> oh, it was never going to go to a pleasant nah, place. It wasn't, was it? You see, well, we do a Kevin Smith podcast. It was never going to be, you know, safe. nicey nice as <laughs> safe. It's probably the right word. <laughs> is it safe? <laughs> The stink palm. <laughs> um, yes. Um, oh, for me, it's a stink palm as well. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> just it's, to see Rucker's reaction. Oh, that fierce yeah, man. Um, it's, it's, it's when he does that with his fingers. Oh, <laughs> when he's like he's around all over his hands and licking his fingers and all that kind of stuff. It's just absolutely brilliant. It goes so overboard. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're getting I'm all hot there, Sammy. <laughs> no, I felt a bit sick actually. <laughs> when he takes the packet out of Brody's hand and starts eating them as well, and he's like, oh, just, just, exactly. just stop, man. Stop. <laughs> it's like you go all get uh, aliens and Bill Paxton. Game over, man. Game over. <laughs> but uh, probably his mine was, um, I'm trying to think now. I'd say I only watched it quite recently, but I watched the the longer version. Um, probably the, the fortune teller. I knew um, one of you had to bring it up. The three nipples. Mm. And just to, just to see how Brody went from pervert to repulsed within 30 seconds and how TS was like, oh, I didn't even know she had three nipples. Fuck off. Say <laughs> 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 on a decent rack. You would have been looking. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it's it's amazing how he's like a proper sleaze and then the minute he's got sleaze in front of him, he just changes completely. Like completely flips the air narrative on that one. I love his reaction, though. He's so blunt in that scene. <laughs> what about you, Sammy? What would you say? I'm torn. Um, the scene, you know, where the the suit is, and you've got the guy playing Dante. I can't, um, I can't remember what his, re- his real name is. And Gil Jason Hicks. Gil Hicks. And He's Jason Lee's shouting at him. It's so funny. Because <laughs> I know he probably wouldn't have been able to keep, like, a proper straight face. And... Also, when you get first introduced to Jay and he's smacking his hand up against the um the kiddies and he's hey kitty kitty mm-hmm. and then he does his Wolverine shinky shink. Um mm-hmm. you start to get Jay's like mannerisms coming through and his snoochie boochies comes mm-hmm. out in there as well. Mm-hmm. But what we can't not talk about when you come to Mallrats is the Stan Lee yeah. cameo. I, still, I tear up. I, I honestly I tear up watching it. I only watched it a few weeks ago, but I like I say got emotional watching it. Yeah. 
that's like it's true love right there isn't it like this is how lovely stanley is when he read the script it mentioned nothing about you know the end bit where he's where when ts goes up to him and says is that all true and he went absolutely it's not true Mm. he only did that because he could he didn't dare be Mm. acting unfaithful to his wife Mm -hmm. and he ad-libbed that and kevin left it in because he's such a nice guy and he loves his wife so much that even in acting as another character as like the Stanley and Morats, he still couldn't act like he was unfaithful to his wife. Yeah. He's just but, lush. I love the man so much. <laughs> I love the, the, like I say, the, the Captain Marvel cameo as well, when you've got Stanley, uh, Stanley on the actual train rehearsing his lines <laughs> with, with the Morats script. Did anyone else cry when they saw that? I didn't I cry, was, but I thought Kevin, but I knew Kevin Smith would. So <laughs> he didn't apparently he didn't know about it, but he mm-hmm. cried when he got the news about it. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, I remember slapping Carolyn and going, oh, more ass. <laughs> I'm just bawling. <laughs> Kevin Smith ask you, if you ask you universe as part of the M- MMCU. Now that is pretty special. Like I say, especially as I said for a nerd, like I say as Kevin Smith, that that that's the pinnacle. But yeah. I love it. I love the fact, like I say, like I say, just going off topic about Kevin Smith, when he's done interviews and stuff in the past, because everyone <laughs> thinks he should like be doing these big, big budget uh, mm-hmm. like Marvel films with him being such a comic book nerd. But he says no, leave it for people who he wants to. He just likes making these little productions and these little films and these like uh, little episodes of TV shows, and then yeah. he, he's got no interest at all about doing a Marvel because it, it'll be too much work. And if, yeah. and if he fucked up, he wouldn't be able to forgive himself. No, and he also says, "I'm a fan too. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want to see this. Like I want. I know that there's men out there and women out there." who can do better than me. And I want to, I want to enjoy something. Like, I don't want to be involved in everything. <laughs> and let's give appreciation as well. How fucking good was Ben Affleck in this film? <laughs> as a smarmy cunt, you just wanted to hate this bastard. <laughs> Shannon Hamilton. That was his name. Yeah. Thank you, Martin. Um, yeah, he was, that, that face, that smug, horrible, but you just wanted to twat him one. Hate mm. him. Hate him as Shannon Love Ben, but Miss Shannon. <laughs> what about you guys? Any favourite actors or, like, say, moments other than the ones we've discussed there? Possibly, like, when answering their questions on the game show, that makes up <laughs> as well. <laughs> uh, go on, go on, what sound do you make when you're making Whoopi? Whoopi. I love it. I was expecting you to score. She's got the straw out again. (laughs) Donna, you really chose the wrong time to take a drink. (laughs) She's just just demonstrating a technique, that's all. (laughs) (laughs) I I also think this is where the came from as well was Mallrats. Anytime I think of Kevin Smith, that that soundbite comes in my head. Ah, yes, <laughs> I've just remembered that bit. And also, tell him Steve Dave. Tell him Steve Dave, the famous lad. And again, just a guy who reads comic books doesn't mean he can't start some shit. <laughs> Fucking love it. Brody is Walt Flanagan, by the way. Mm-hmm. That the character of Brody is based on Walt Flanagan, his knowledge of comic books, the way that he goes on about music, about video games, and the fact that the drink, you know, when he gets his refill. Yeah. Walt used to do that all the time. 
<laughs> but he does base all the characters on people he's been with. Like, uh, like Jason Mewes isn't like, well, Jay is not a, a character. It is just Jason Mewes because apparently when he t- told the stories that Jason Mewes, when he first was introduced to Jason Mewes, he walked into the quick stop and just starts sucking off everything, saying, I'm going to suck this off, I'm going to suck this off and suck this off. So just grab, grabbing anything that looked phallic and just to start su- sucking up. Yeah. So uh, it just shows you what it is. And like, um, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Love more rats to death. Now, are you happy to move on to the next one? Or are we got actually one thing I do want to mention about more rats? It does have a bit of a questionable scene in the when it talks about the foot, the 15 year olds doing the book and then showing the video of uh, Ben Affleck doing it from behind it. That is a bit yeah. to the nut. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, the kid on the escalator. <laughs> Would somebody get that kid off the fucking does nobody escalator? Sh- does nobody <laughs> shout that when they're in the Metro Center? There's a kid on the escalator again. <laughs> Don't know, but Donna's going to be doing it. If we're doing, if we're going to <gasps> Newcastle tomorrow, I'm just going to be shouting at Donna. Donna, get off the escalator! <laughs> Wasn't the bit with the security guard not in the original cut? Which one? Oh, the one where he fucks her. No. Yeah. Was it, but, um, What's it called? The is it? And the Forge. The Forge. Yeah, it wasn't in the original cut, was it? No, no, that was another thing that was added there, that, where the, to basically uh, get rid of the security guard that she goes off and fucks him as well. So, oh, right. That wasn't in the original one. Wow. That would yeah. have been pretty funny. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> what is the next film? Chase and Amy. Uh, oh, don't you dare. No, I do like, this no, I do, no, out of, great. out of, out of all of this, I said I've not had a bad word about any Kevin Smith film whatsoever, but Chasing Amy is my least favourite. And it's because Joey Lauren, Lauren Adams, it's the voice. The voice! It's, it's one of the most meaningful ones out there. It it's is. Actually, it's actually the, the heartbreaking. Scene, the end scene mm-hmm. is beautiful when mm-hmm. Kevin's talking about his Amy. Yeah. Um, it is absolutely beautiful, but I just, it's just... If I'm going to watch a Kevin Smith film, I'm, I'm not picking Chase near me. It's got some of the best lines in it as well, like the best insults. You're just a tracer, man. You're a tracer. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and it introduces us, like I say, the Holden and um, oh, I can't Jason Lee's character because it wasn't Brody in this one. No, no, it wasn't. And, uh, Banksy was it? Banksy. I was a. I think no, it was. No. It was it sounds no Bartleby's. Bartleby's that's uh, dogma. dogma. That's dogma. Banky. 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 Banky, I think it was. But like I said, again, just being uh, broadly, but a lot more toned down, a lot more bitter and angry. Um, but this, again, a film is, I, I love it. I think it's hilarious, but it's, it is uncomfortable, but it's, it's uncomfortable in the right stages and the right ways. I know Kevin got a lot of shit after this film just because. Um, like say a lot of people start getting the message saying well took their own opinion that it was just saying all lesbians need is a, is a big deep deep dick and to, uh, oh. to, to to change them over but he was saying nope if you got that if you got that from that film you weren't watching the film yeah. right because it's about love it's about mm-hmm. you can love people and not be in love and not have that the same type of films as different types of love and that's what, all what Chase Naomi is it, again it's a comic book film about comics but about love and yeah. that's the elements I love about this film and the, some of the best scenes as well the Milton Black guy oh. fucking is that on point and hilarious and so especially when he gets called out like 
after his show when he gets the ringers in the audience to <laughs> what's a Nubian <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, like when, he, when they're in the restaurant it's good, so he could, shit's on you nearly made us laugh and like say playing this Milton Black guy but he's a homosexual as well so yeah. it's just elements as, as brilliant and like say and how one person can get everything so wrong and hold and as the eternal romantic he is and he does create the comic about Jay and Silent Bob and that leads into future films and again it holds up um, but the whole premise is basically Ben Affleck thinks he's got to share he can't share his love with his best friend and his, and the girl he, he loves so he tries to in, introduce a threesome and the awkwardness and just how bad he read that situation is just brilliant and it's brilliant cinema Mm-hmm. After listening to your talk there, I might go back and watch it with a fresh pair of eyes. I didn't look at it that way at all, mm-hmm. and it's been a long time since I watched it, so I might watch it again. You mm-hmm. you quite sold it there. You talked yeah. very passionately about it. <laughs> I do because I, I don't think Chase Naomi gets the credit it deserves. Because mm-hmm. I say because a lot of people did get the wrong message from that. Yeah. Of like say as I said about the whole like the feminist movement again not saying anything bad not saying anything against it but i think if you saw that from that film maybe mm-hmm. you're going in with an agenda yeah and i'll, I'll, I'll call people out for it yeah um isn't that isn't the story very loosely based on his actual relationship with joy possibly but again um it does all these films like except from jersey girl i believe <laughs> Well, we're not talking about Jersey Girl. It didn't happen. Yeah, I've really um... watched it. We are. <laughs> yeah. I, I watched it as well last week. <laughs> so we're going to we're going to go through it. We're going to we're going to hold each other's hands and we can get through it. As Donna got through uh, Tusk, we can get through Jersey Girl. You know, you haven't mentioned though the uh, scene in Chase and Amy, the um, oral injury scene. <laughs> You set set yourself up for your mind. (laughs) My favorite scene of this movie, though, I I just think it's hilarious. Whether like uh, Holden's sitting there looking like pissed off, and they're just talking about all the injuries they got. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, I actually took something away from that, and I thought, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to tell everybody what to do because of that part. Because of that fucking scene. Like, that's the thing. A lot of people get things like, well, Donna, Donna got off from that, so it's, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you take it. Sammy's like, oh, you like, oh, you got off. <laughs> yeah, I know. And she's at it again. <laughs> Every time we mention sex, yeah. she sucks on the straw. There's something going on here. <laughs> it's like she's signaling, signaling something. <laughs> it's like a little safety blanket, I think. <laughs> oh, Donna. Did it? Oh, Donna, she got the fucking orgasmo picked out of the film. No, you, you, oh, just, Donna. you were just fucking bitter that Goonies didn't get picked and exactly. orgasmo did. You simply are just bitter. I will talk about the fucking Goonies one day. You, are you just going to do it over the top of orgasmo instead of we, we ask questions and like go back and forth with each other? You're just going to start going through Goonies <laughs> or stand by me. <laughs> I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that to, to the podcast. I, I, my ego isn't that big yet. <laughs> but bitch, please. <laughs> listen, listen to him. He's anyway. got his big boy pants on tonight, hasn't he? <laughs> 
but it, where were we? <laughs> uh, uh, Chasing Amy, but I think this oh, came right. out the same year, which I, I think he got writing credits for as well, Goodwill Hunting, because he helped Matt and, well, Matt and, De- Matt and um, Affleck got the, the Oscar, but yes. I think he didn't co-write, but he just looked, he helped them with the writing. I think he uh, pieced it together for them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like script writing, he was mm-hmm. the one who kind of pieced it all together. Um, mm-hmm. Have you ever heard him talk about the scenes in Goodwill Hunting? It's beautiful to listen to Kevin talk about Goodwill Hunting. If you ever mm-hmm. get a chance to listen to some of these podcasts when he's talking about it, it's just yeah. lovely. I don't think because he, because he, he always does himself down on it as well. Mm-hmm. Because when people ask him the question about it, he says, uh, "Look." These guys wrote a brilliant yeah. film. Like they, they, what they wrote was magic. All I did was point them in directions and help. But I don't think I, I, there's definitely when, it, when you watch Goodwill Hunting, there is Kevin Smith elements mm-hmm. in there, and you can you can get tones and pictures from it. So I, I still don't think he gets the credit he, he he deserves with that movie. I think that's the case with some a lot of Kevin Smith's writing because he's not just a movie writer. He's not just a script writer. He's also a comic book writer as well, mm-hmm. and he because of is nerd cred he gets looked at with a fine fine tooth comb with his work mm-hmm. and a lot of people give him a shit a lot of shit for his, his writing abilities and comics personally i can't knock him at all yeah. daredevil mm-hmm. was fantastic um is batman um blah, 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 what was it called onomatopoeia Batman. He it's not. That's not the name, but there was a character in there. Was it Onomatopoeia? So I loved him when he said it. But he's um. Mm-hmm. But the Spider Man, he'd, he'd done uh, like we've talked about his comics. Spider Man, the Black and the Black Cat, and um, mm. the, the evil that men do, groundbreaking. Um, like talking about like say sexual assault on black. Uh, like say Felicity Hardy. Um, I thought it was white Felicity Hardy, black cat. Yeah. Yes. Um as a child and how she was getting revenge and stuff like that and how dark and especially mm-hmm. for a comic, I think it was a four or five partner. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone out there wants to read, like I say, a Kevin Smith comic, go for that one. That black one, or as Sam said, his daredevil run, daredevil was, run was, was probably phenomenal. Up there with Frank Miller. And I'll, I'll dare say it. I, I would totally back you on that one. It's mm. I love daredevil. Frank Miller is, is the reason I love him. Kevin Smith just continued that love, like that love affair mm-hmm. with Matt Murdock for me. Um, also, well, no, I'll go into this later. I'll mm-hmm. me, me little. I wanted to go into the whole Superman lives thing, but I'll talk uh, about it later. I'm sure we've talked about that on a, on a few on podcasts before. <laughs> most likely, most likely, but I just think it's worth another mention because mm-hmm. it could have it could have changed a lot of things mm-hmm. for Kevin Smith if that actually went ahead. Fuck Tim Burton. Fuck <laughs> Tim Burton. <laughs> Fuck him. But yes. Um, Chase Naomi, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will watch it with a fresh pair. I honestly, after yeah. what you just said there, I thought it was absolutely beautiful. I will watch it with a fresh pair of eyes. Yeah. Like I say, it's it's probably one of the better love stories out there. And it's about unrequited love, um, not and different types. That that's probably the best way I'd describe yeah. it, because not all love is the same. Not all love can be appreciated or shown the same. So, um, it it it's like yeah, I I think it gets a lot of hate and a lot of people just discount it because it's a Kevin Smith film. But it's 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 up there. It's quite a special one, I think. Never discount a Kevin Smith film. Yes. What's next? 
and um, the one that you and Grant were introduced to, um, Lord and Saviour, uh, the one where he mocked God and and even and the Catholics it. and the and Catholics he, came hard for him. <laughs> they, went, they, they went all Father Ted on him and said, "Oh, I'm against this type of thing and that." And even Kevin Smith protested his own film, oh, which was which was hilarious. Did you ever read the sign that he had when he protested his films? Because me and Anne still laugh about it today. Dicks are yummy. Dicks are yummy, yes. Dicks are yummy. Because he was with his um, friend, I can't remember, I think his friend's called Jerry, I might be wrong on that, and Jerry is a bear. bear. And mm. he put, he said something along the lines of Dicks is something, so he just put Dicks is yummy. And they just stood <laughs> in the crowd and protested his own felt Fucking genius. Nobody recognised him at all. That, nah. that was the that was the brilliant thing. That showed you how much attention they paid to the film. It was just like, oh, this is an anti-Catholic, anti-religious. Uh, well, like I say that, well, yeah, it was anti-Catholic. That there was the Catholics that went all nuts over it. Uh, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I know no. we take we take religion out of this out of this, but yeah, no, no, you can't. If you if you're going to talk dogma, you've got to talk. You can't not talk religion. It's the whole thing is everything based around. But Kevin was really like the dogma is written from the heart with Kevin because he is a Catholic. And he has got a very strange relationship with religion. Um, so dogma really comes from the heart. It's but for me, it's just pure. This is it's just pinnacle of perfection. I think as well, I'm sure he came out and said that he wrote this film for his mom. Most likely. Because his mom was like dad. His, was it his dad, dad? His dad died, he's got a eulogy. Right. Oh my god. Right. I knew was it was one I, I, I knew it was one of his like say. Because I love when he talks about his dad as well. Makes oh, it. Don the postal guy, I love him. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, like, so the film that gave us fucking Buddy Christ for God's sake, and you cannot buy that statue now. It's expensive. I've tried. <laughs> he was everywhere though, wasn't he? At one point, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it just became really hard to get a hold of him. And the, was was this the first one that introduced us to movies as well? Yeah. Yes, like, it was. It was sacred, movie burgers. The, yeah, the, the sacred cow, <laughs> which America now has st- movie stores in bastards, yeah. absolute bastards. We don't have them here. <laughs> I tried ordering a movie shirt, like the actual employee shirt, and it yeah. cost like about sixty or seventy quid. And I was like, no. uh, I've not paid over twenty quid for a shirt in my life, so it's not going to start now. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> I have a rule when it comes to t-shirts too. Um, well, gosh. Um, the only thing that drives me nuts about this film is Bethany. I don't particularly like the actress who played her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was apparently a nightmare to work with. And this is why she has never been in another Kevin Smith film. Because she was a nightmare to work with. When Alan Rickman has a problem with another actor, you've, you've got problems. He is the nice guy of Hollywood. Like, see, yep. you, you never hear anyone say anything nasty about Alan Rickman or anything like that. No, yeah, he, they did not get on well at all. But you don't see that. You never see that mm. that chemistry. She doesn't portray that across in her character. <laughs> but you could take her out of it, and I'd still love this film so much. So, leading into getting, getting a bit of a habit now, so we'll go back <laughs> to see, see, see what your favourite scenes is in Dogma. So, we'll start with Grant this time, give Donna a little break so she can recover after the, the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> Going for that straw. Wait. wait. <laughs> um, the boardroom scene. Absolutely adore the boardroom scene. I think it's got a little bit of everything in it. Mm-hmm. There's, there's comedy elements, but then as he starts walking around the. Um, 
Sinister. Table and he, he gets to the CEO at the end and what he says to him. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it, it doesn't wreck the comedy, no. but it just kind of, it takes it to a new just level. Cuts it in half. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, and just for that brief moment, it becomes so overboard serious in amongst mm-hmm. all of the, you know, the ridiculousness that happens all the way mm-hmm. through the film. There's just a moment of complete solemn heartbreak, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, justification that, as well, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, you know, these guys are the villains, but what they're about to do is actually okay. You know, <laughs> yeah. every yeah. single, you know, yeah, they all deserve all... to die, especially the guy at the head of the table yeah. definitely deserves to die. And it's like, yeah, we're right, okay with this. Let... I like yeah, that. Should, I, should you let them back in? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I love the fact as well, all the way through that scene, it tells you what each of them does. And when you, as Graham said, gets to the CEO, he whispers in the ego and you, and you see uh, Ben Affleck and uh, no, Matt Damon in the back goes, that was your own son as well, you sick fuck. So it just takes you to that level, what it, what it could have been. <clears throat> and then, like I say, when they walk out the room and then Matt Damon walks back in with a smile on the face and they get that big uh, pace he's got. <clears throat> and all you hear is the gunfire. Um, and all it does is it focuses in on the movie statue and the blood yes. scattering over it. Yeah. Again, doesn't take it to the extremes where, like most films today, would show you them type of elements, but it kind of laid it back. But you got the brutality, but yeah, then abs- yeah, but with, the, with the humor as well that they brought back into it, like the last person who they saw was a good soul, mm-hmm. he wanted a killer as well because he it didn't bless him for sneezing. <laughs> You didn't say bless you, <laughs> Loki. <laughs> um, that scene has, for me, gives me so many Tarantino feels. Mm-hmm. Because just the, the 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 dialogue, but I get that a lot with, and I know they're friends, so I do get that a lot with Kevin Smith's films, especially later on films. His dialogue gets longer, it gets better, it gets detailed. Um, but I get that in this, and he, but he just he, you're right when he doesn't turn the notch to Tarantino's level with the gore, which mm. for me is what I'm expecting because of the dialogue that's going on in there and the interactions with everyone. And he just does it so subtly. And it was a brilliant, brilliant scene. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. Lovely, Donna. Um, Probably the opening scene with Metatron and uh, when she tries <laughs> to put him out with the fire extinguisher. <laughs> And he has his arms up like that, man. It's just brilliant. Yeah, I don't know. I just really like that scene. <laughs> yeah, well, it's Alan Rickman at his best. He's just chewing the scenery. And when he pulls his pants down as well to show that he's got no junk. <laughs> Kendall Alan Rickman. Never yeah. in my life thought I would see a Kendall Alan Rickman. He's just brilliant. dry wit and like say the, the way he delivers it as well. Just like he's sick of this shit and he just wants to get it over with. And he's like, how can you not believe us? He's got, he's got his wings out. And she zap, then there's zaps him to like the Mexico bar that she thinks, oh, I'm in Mexico now. And then <clears throat> again, gives you a bit more of the story that now we angels can't drink alcohol because of, like I say, Bartleby and uh, Loki's mm. decisions that was made. It's again, just little little nuances that you, yeah. didn't, you didn't think you needed, but worked so well. And it plays out so well in the final as well, because when Matt Damon's swigging... The, the, the bottles of whiskey and stuff getting pissed after he's cut his wings off. He's mortal and he's like, probably he's been first time he's been drunk in eons. Yeah. It just brings that extra little layer to the characters without 
being mm-hmm. too over the top and too detailed about things. Um, my favourite has to be Jay's speech in the calf about um, Sherman, Illinois. Right. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> John Hughes. Fucking John Hughes <laughs> lied to him. Because <laughs> there is Kevin no Sherman, Smith. Illinois. <laughs> Kevin Smith's reaction and there's nothing worse than watching a fat man fucking weep and just go <laughs> with his cigarette. <laughs> Absolutely fucking buckles me every time. Fucking <laughs> genius. It's a genius scene again. Just brilliant dialogue and the fact that he got through that was just genius. <laughs> Hey, gosh, Sherman, Illinois. Breakfast Club. He references the Breakfast Club. That was, again, I think that's the type of films that Kevin Smith grew up on. John Hughes. John Hughes. Well, to be fair, everyone's childhood of of that age range. um, I love the fact that they take a dig at him as well, mm -hmm. because John Hughes had something to do with um, Home Alone. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. bit with Selma Hayek, and she's going, I'm, possi- I'm responsible for 19 out of the top 20 movies of all time. And she goes, The one with the kid and the burglars, and the, ah, <laughs> somebody sold us, so- somebody sold us, sold Satan to get the grosses up on that piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, after all that homage, they're also like, Yeah, but yeah. come on, dude, that was, that was low. <laughs> oh, but yeah, probably my favourite scene. I'm trying to think now, because like I said, I love Dogma from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam Hayek. Sam Hayek. I'm going to go with uh, not the Sam Hayek. I can say that was pretty breathtaking, but we're not. Was it around about the same time we got from Dustal Dawn? Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, bit after. Bit bit after. Yeah, Mm -hmm. possibly because, like I say, I've never got over that. That was still, like I say, I'm still not over it, to be honest. Um, it is. <laughs> we could do a full episode on just that scene, but yeah. Yes. Uh, but yeah, probably the, the poop monster and um, yes. how it came about, and like I said, just the whole reactions to it, and like, um, and Jason Lee's overreact, overacting, and again, as what was what was he? The, you said his name earlier, Grant Bartleby, was it? No, that was uh, Ben Affleck, wasn't it? As real, um, as real. That's it. Sorry, I thought it was Bartleby. It's not. You're right. Yeah, as as real. Like every scene that Jason Lee was in this film was just pure gold. From the point where he took over that lass's house just because she had um, like what was it? Air condition. In- central no, air. Central air. <laughs> There's nothing more sinister than central air. <laughs> I'm a fucking demon. I'm a fucking demon. Hit me with the uh, the golf club, and then he sees ch- his chest just yes. explode. It's yeah. so good. He just looks good as well. Like that white suit really suits him. It does on the little black ones. Yes. <laughs> I've never found Jason Lee attractive until then, maybe. It's probably the just overall demeanor of him in that. That's true. <laughs> he is pretty sinister. In you know he's gonna be a charming some, way. It'd be in some, some BDM hit, so <laughs> kind of reminds us a bit of Lucifer. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I, I, Grant I, had to correct him there. You can't, can't have that party without the sadism. <laughs> sorry, I misspoke. I can't. I can't really misspoke with like say the king of sadism like with us today tonight. <laughs> That's no way to speak about Sammy. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm being careful tonight. <laughs> We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> she'll put something. She'll put uh, her foot in it somehow. Somehow, 
we've, we've still got time. <laughs> um, what's the next one after Dogma? I really can't remember, like, his list of, like, in chronological order. Jane Silent Jane Bob. Bob Strike. Oh, my God. Suzanne. Mm. Yes, we finally got to meet Suzanne after the teased in, in more rats. You're all uh, that I wanted of a girl. <laughs> and this this is the one where the cast was fucking up there. Like anyone who was everyone was in everyone. this movie. Everyone. Like, Harry Fisher's in this movie. Will Farrell, uh, Mark Hamill. Yes, oh my god, Mark Hamill's Colin in a cocklocker. Sucks off a trucker, man. Cocklocker's <laughs> <laughs> in this? Yep. <laughs> Jason Briggs and James Van Der Beek. I'm the pie fucker. <laughs> yeah, it's Carrie Fisher, man. I know yes. we've already mentioned it. Yeah. yeah. Sam oh, sorry, out. I didn't hear that. No, Sam right. called her out <laughs> Carrie Fisher as a as a nun. As a nun. As do you follow the rules? And he tries to and Jay tries to go down on her. Yep. Um. You've got Kevin's wife. Um. Yep. Jennifer. What's her surname? Shashelback. Shashelback. Yep. Schwalbach. We'll go with that. Uh, um, you've Sh- got Eliza in there, Eliza Dushku, yes. You've got Sh- a Shannon and, um, Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who look absolutely fine in that PVC outfit. I don't mind seeing that so myself. And they get a fart joke in there as well. They do. Can't not with PVC, really. Sean, <laughs> Sean William Scott as... Uh... <laughs> yes, the guitar playing guy. Fart on me yeah. as much as she wanted. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> Sean William Scott was in as the as the douchebag guitar guy. That guy mm. wants to fuck a, a fuck a sheep. <laughs> <laughs> He's not one of us. And we've got the, the infamous line. I'm the clit commander. I'm the commander of the clits. Nobody commands the clit like me. It's even got the uh, kid oh, who played as little brother in about five. He it? does it at the end when they go knock on all the houses. Got Stifler's little brother. Oh, right. I didn't oh. know that. Oh, was that one 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 is, that the, is that the internet reviews? Mm-hmm. And they go what like, the, What the fuck is the internet? Stop punching at the mice. Got Stifler's little brother. Me and Anne still quote that idea. What the fuck is the internet? Well, this is one where I think that the View Ask You universe kind of imploded on itself, where it yeah. had all the different elements. It had Brody, it had like, say, um, Olden McNeil was in it, uh, Bong, Affleck was the bomb in Phantom, so yo. Um. <laughs> it gave us that infamous line that we quote still to this day. <laughs> Phantoms <laughs> is a, not a bad film, actually. <laughs> yep, they weren't talking no shit about Ben Affleck. They were not. <laughs> they were not. Um, Oh gosh, I'm trying to like. There's so many people in this film. I'm trying to think who else is in it, but I think you yeah, might have yeah. covered everyone. Judd Nelson. Judd Nelson's in this film. Yeah, he plays the sheriff. That because that's called Cornhold some drunks. Yes, he does. I did not know that. Yeah, he's the one with Will Farrell's like as the animal uh, rescue guy. As in Judd Nelson from the Best Club. Yeah. Oh wow! Okay. When they're the in the sh- yeah. Let's go outside. He's oh my sheriff. gosh, I did not know that. You can't really recognise him though. Like, I don't think you can tell us him. <laughs> no. It was, it was probably only in it for a few minutes because he's like, say, because when Will Farrell jumps in the tunnel and they have the whole fugitive moment, mm-hmm. um, basically, John uh, Nelson's like saying, oh, fuck this guy, let's go and cornhole a drunk. And they go, and, and all the sheriffs uh, go back, uh, all the deputies and stuff leave. But that, that was, like, say, the big scene there. But 
actually, I still love the fact um, that guy who was in um, oh, he was like an American comedian. I can't remember his name, but he played uh, like the backlock security guys, and he's get um, this guy will <laughs> suck you off if you let us in. He goes, "What do you think? I'm not, I'm not gay." And he goes, "How about I suck him up and you watch?" And he goes, "Oh, I'm into that." <laughs> <laughs> But he's in loads of American comedies. And you've got to say, yeah. I what a lovely tea party. <laughs> isn't that isn't that close to the scene with the goodwill hunting too? Yes. How do you <laughs> like these apples, Will? <laughs> <laughs> well, it is just like a mockumentary of everything. Like like said, uh, when they're asking Dawson did he fuck Pacey, uh, did he fuck Joey and stuff like that? And well, there was just one time and, and the stuff going on, but uh, like I say, when they knock them out, when Suzanne knocks them out, and then they change clothes with them, and uh, like I say, I said it before, but that that line is just breaks me every time when Jason Biggs is the pie fucker, <laughs> <laughs> just breaks us. I love the fact that he can make fun of himself in that way. Yes, oh, so funny. Um, do we have favorite scenes from this? I think like it's already with... been mentioned. Yeah, mine <laughs> the too. Scene. What were you done with the cafe a bit? All ah, right. Just a bit where they turn up with Jason Biggs and that there when in costume. That's the thing for me. Blunt man and chronic. Yes. Got the I, I got the I comic did. books. I've got the figures. I think somewhere. Yeah. But I think because. Uh, uh, Kevin Dickinson, got, I've got them still, but they're locked away. I got us when I moved in Winnegall. He bought us them as a present, but they're signed by Kevin Smith and Jason Biggs. Oh, that's mint! Yeah, he's he's not just a, a, a biggest dickhead on the on the group. He's a lovely guy, really. He's <laughs> no, I never thought that. He just comes across a bit grumpy sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> he never, he's never ever. Anytime I comment on something, he never comments anything bad back. So I've got a lot of time to get. <laughs> Just, tro- just trolls me most of the time. That's yep, fine. it's just you. <laughs> um, I, I think mine's already been covered. Cool. So moving on. So I think. Oh, here it is. Which one? Here it is. Which one? The was one it? that Paul doesn't want to talk about. It was Jersey Girl after this. I've never Next seen it. One's Jersey Girl. So <laughs> what's your favourite scene, Grant? <laughs> <laughs> Defend this film. Where Jennifer Lopez dies. <laughs> She dies. <laughs> she dies early on. Yes, uh, that's that's the premise yeah. of the film. Yeah, yeah. She's in for like thirty seconds. Oh. Have you not seen it, Sammy? Nah, and no, <laughs> it doesn't exist to me. <laughs> you know what? I, I told Paul that I've got a twenty-minute monologue this, and I do. So I'll use mute cells. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. Um, I think the problem—it's not a problem with Jersey Girl but mm. it came out at a difficult time because of exactly what Paul has just said there about it being the moment that the viewer skew universe imploded on itself. Ah. Kevin Smith had done absolutely everything that he could do, and he decided to retire Jane Silent Bob, so the film that came out after it was always going to get a lot of hate. Yeah. Mm. Jersey Girl, if you hold it up against Kevin Smith's other films and what your expectations were leading up to Jersey Girl, of course you're going to say it's shit. Mm-hmm. Of course you are. There's no Jane Silent Bob. There's no toilet humour. There's no 37 dicks. There's no fucking a dead guy. There's no sailboat. There's no snooch to the motherfucking nooch anything <laughs> like that. You hold Jersey Girl up against any other romantic comedy out there and it wipes the floor with them. Mm-hmm. Wow. It really, really does. I think the only thing that it suffers from is that it's too heavily cast. 
there's so many people in there that can steal the scene. You've got George mm. Carlin in there. You've got Ben Affleck in there. You've got Matt Damon in there. For the time, you've got um, Jason Biggs in there, just coming off the back of fucking his pies and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Very famous face in there. You've got Liv Tyler in there. You've got Jennifer Lopez in there. You've got more A-listers than you would expect in a mm-hmm. shit film like that. You know what I mean? In a, right. in a, in a bullshit romantic comedy, <clears throat> all you ever get is the lead male and the lead female and everybody else is a bit part actor. And all the bit part, the bit part actors are played by really big names. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a constant fight for dominance in the scenes that makes it feel a little bit flat as far mm. as romantic comedies is concerned. But if you watch it after you've watched Four Weddings and a Funeral, yeah. Or after you've watched Legally Blonde or something mm-hmm. like that, you yeah. realise how good it is in the genre that it was created. I got and yeah. that's my bit on Jersey Girl. No, it's, it's a good... <laughs> no, I like it's, it's, it's spot on, but like I said, the biggest problem I ever had, this was the film where Kevin Smith decided he wasn't going to let anyone control his films because this was so studio-edited and studio-interfered with that mm. it, it, it kind of broke him a little bit. Yeah. It, and I think he's come out and said, because there's two versions of Jersey Girl, the one that Kevin Smith made, made that had more Jennifer Lopez in it than it did. Yeah. And then when the studio got involved, they cut half the film out. So we didn't ever get the full Kevin Smith version of Jersey Girl. That's why I was definitely. a little bit... Yeah, that's why I was a little I bit think disappointed. You need to... Sorry, mate. I, I think that the the problem with Jersey Girl is exactly what you've said there is you don't see enough of his relationship with Jennifer Lopez to truly empathise with his heartbreak when she dies. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's quite a bit of hostility in those early scenes as well. You've got that little argument scene that they have in the bathroom and what have you. And it's almost like this set Jennifer Lopez up with Ben Affleck, like he's maybe not happy with her. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think if that extended bit and you feel the love between them and the true feeling that it would be if you lost your partner in childbirth mm-hmm. um, could have maybe added a hell of a lot to how the audience perceived it. Yeah. That, he's always came out and said, we've never seen the proper version of Jersey Girl, uh, the one yeah. that he wanted to make. But the only thing as well, as you said, through the hatred in a bit, this is the film that broke up Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. This film caused them two to break up. Because they couldn't stand them each other after this for for a while. What's the film that broke Ben and Kevin up? This one, actually. This one. They, they fell out, didn't they? Yeah. Um, no, no. Because he uh, he did a cameo on Clerks too, as well. So I think it was a bit later on that they actually had a fallen fallen out. Oh, I know what it was over. It was it wasn't a film. It was his wife. It was Jennifer Garner. She yeah. did, She does not like him. No. Because <laughs> they bought his house. Mm-hmm. On the Hollywood Hills, um, and yeah, he didn't get on with Jennifer, and obviously Ben cut him out. Yeah. But yeah, sorry, I thought it was a, a film that they no, fell no. out over. No, no, I don't think they've had problems on set or anything like that. They've always, like, say, even when he done the cameo on uh, Daredevil, like, say, because um, he played a little small role in that. Uh, ben Affleck got him in in on it as well. Can we just talk about their cameos for a second? Um, Jane Silent Bob and Scream. Yep. Three, brilliant. Yep. Kevin and Jay in Fanboys. Yep. When they're in the toilet scene, mm-hmm. brilliant. Can't name any other ones. <laughs> to be fair, there's not that many where they did do the cameos, but I think, as I said, with Jersey Girl, it could have been more 
But I just couldn't bring myself to watch it. I knew the heartbreak that came with Kevin's and how Kevin worked with it. It's this and Cop Out. Can't watch them. But that's that Cop Out's a completely different fish. Like say, yeah, Cop, I, Cop, Cop Out's not a Kevin Smith film. Cop, Cop Out's a film that he he never wrote. He was paid to direct because he he said he he wanted to try movies, do someone, do someone else doing yeah. someone else's work. And, that makes sense, and it's... that's when Cop Out came about. But Jersey Girl, I think, because what what I've got I, I admire so much for Kevin Smith, he tries different things. Yeah. He'll like say he'll never say I'll never do this or I'll never think. He'll try stuff like he's never said he'd been an actor. Like yeah. after he, after he did Jersey Girl, he started in his first film, which was catch and release with jennifer gardner funny enough he's so good in it so good i liked him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i said i thought he was good but I, played, like i say i'll never he, say i'll never say a bad word against him he played a jolly fat guy that tried to kill himself so yeah it's not really uh much but uh i'll never say a bad word against him but yeah and then like i say after he done like I said catch and release i think um again Trying to think the next film. I'm just gonna look have a quick look this. I, I love how nonchalant we are that Grant's left us. Sorry, I, I think you know, he's over. I do think Jersey Girl had as bad as it was, it did have one or two okay moments though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I think the bit um where he's trying to rent out the porno movie and the kids there. <laughs> right. <laughs> and probably it's a bit where Liv Tyler in the shower where the kid randomly busts in needs a toilet. But um I think the bit where you know where he's like trying after the heartbreak and that he's trying to have a conversation with the baby. And mm-hmm. you all I still think Sammy will try at this bit, but you almost feel really bad for him. And then I think he's acting in the moment a bit shit, and then you kind of end up going from feeling bad to just cringing at he's acting mm-hmm. in that moment. I think I still yeah. think he will definitely cry though. You should watch it just to see if you cry. No, I, 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 it's one of them things I would never say stay away from a film or don't watch a film. I would always say give everything a try, except for Orgasmo. Uh, but... <laughs> You've got no choice for that one. <laughs> but yeah, um, just just saw Kevin Smith tweeting that he's gone uh, hiking, so he's not watching us. Sorry, Donna. No, he'll be on Runyon Canyon. He might was. Watch us later. Just remember, Kevin. If if Donna, if you ever want to get in touch with Donna, you can get you on a casting couch. She she will do anything. And I mean, I'll anything. do anything for Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Old statement. <laughs> what was his next one after Jersey Girl? So he started in Catch and Release, and I think I'm just looking through. It might be, and I could be wrong. It was Clerks 2. So after Clerks 2, just before we jump into Clerks 2, just so I've got the timeline right, because he stops, doesn't he? he? He announces his retirement, and it's Tusk that brings him out of retirement. No. Red State? Nope. What? Is Murray, is it? Yep, no. Donna's Don right. Zach and Murray. Zach and Murray? Yep. Really? That's what that... brought him out of retirement? No, I don't think I retired. I think he retired after Zach and Murray. Ah, right, okay. And then he came back with... Red State or Tusk? I can't remember which uh, one came first. I think uh, Red State was his... Because uh, he'd done Cop Out in 2010. And that was... No, actually, that must have been his retirement because he'd done Zach Marie in 2008 and right. Cop Out in 2010. And then Red State in 2011. Because he did, he announced his retirement. He was like, I'm done. Movies are done with. And then all of a sudden, he was like, fuck it. I'm just... I'm going to do what I want to do. When did he have his heart attack? Uh, a couple of years ago. 
No, but what year? Because I know he uh, came because he decided to. Because I know after he had his heart attack, he went. Thought he's just. He just thought he was going to do everything he wanted. Reboot is when he had his heart attack because he was he was just about to reboot or he mm. was just finishing off. So it was only it really was um, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was scary. Did anyone watch the show of when yeah. he had his heart attack? You well, can he's see he's not well, can't you? Sweating like a like yeah. you wouldn't believe. You can see that man is not, and he was he was losing weight, like he was like doing he was on no sugar and stuff like that. And it still just wasn't enough, but bloody hell. Um, no, I just I remember making this whole spiel on um Hollywood Babylon. I've quit films, I'm not doing them anymore. And then all of a sudden saying that though, if it if it was on Hollywood Babylon, it would have been after Red State and uh it would have been after No, Hollywood Babylon's been going for nearly over ten years. Over ten years now. It was yeah. well before um yeah. Red State was two thousand eleven, so He's been 10, going... years, 10 years ago. <laughs> so when he was ago. when he was touring Red State, mm-hmm. John Lovitz was filling in for him on Hollywood Babylon. Right. Because of some of the best episodes that was ever done without Kevin Smith. Um because I know he, he when he started getting into podcasting, he said he doesn't want he didn't need to make films anymore because he could just talk about things he liked rather than showing it. That so was in that Smodcast, different... yeah. yeah. When he started Smodcast, because he opened the Smod Castle. Mm-hmm. in los angeles um and he had he, the idea was that him and other podcasters like nerdist because nerds were just coming up at the time would use the smod castle as like a podcasting hub and it got sold pretty quickly and he had to move on to other venues <laughs> yes so going back to like i say because i know donna's dying to talk about this film because uh, actually she quotes this film all, uh, quite a lot zach marie uh made a porno so again it's probably the most typical hollywood kevin smith film that kevin smith's made with the cast and like say the production this was like i would say a big budget for for kevin smith but it it doesn't feel like and it's gonna mean it didn't feel like a kevin smith film it felt like a a, like a a seth rogan film yeah like stuff like that yeah because it was along that type of style. But this has the best line in any film I've ever read. He frosted, she frosted me like a cupcake. Dutch runner. <laughs> yes, it interests <laughs> the world of Dutch runner. Dutch runners. <laughs> just, just, just remember, Sammy, keep that eye contact when you're doing it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love this film. And you are right. Like It screams Seth Rogen all over. Mm-hmm. But then you've got the, the Star Wars... The mm-hmm. fact that they're doing a Star Wars porno, like it's Kevin Smith film, of course they're going to do a fucking Star Wars porno. And then the language that's used as well. Tracy Lords is amazing in this film. I fucking love that. Um, Jeff Anderson, when he gets shit on, mm-hmm. yeah. cannot stop like belly laughing. So <laughs> funny. Elizabeth Banks, you've never seen her in a film like this and probably never see her in another film like this again. <laughs> no, she's... I really have a lot of time for Elizabeth Banks and she really was, I thought she was brilliant in this. Loved her. Stinky linky. What about you, Donna? Because I, I, I know you love it. <laughs> it's just hilarious. And But even when they're trying to like have the comedy and do all the daft pornos and that, and when they actually get down to it, like you can see them like falling in love. So there's yeah. still that aspect of it too. But just for that line, that chick crosses me like a fucking cupcake. Like, as one of the funniest <laughs> lines in anything I've ever seen. Craig Robinson's in this film. I totally forgot about that. Mm-hmm. 
the guy the, off the time machine, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. in the nice. office and Doug Judy in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, this, the scene where the guy comes over and orders a coffee, black. Okay, white. <laughs> I love that line. But it's just weird because it, it was around about the time the Judd Apatow films had all out and it did feel like a very much like a Judd Apatow film yeah. as well. Uh, same type of humour, but again, with the Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith elements in there, like I say, how many directors could get the Dutch rudder into a film? And for it to work. Else. Yeah. <laughs> and, and for us to still be talking about it, how many years later? <laughs> and Jason Mewes just looking at you, just you thinking, oh, God. <laughs> that, that eye contact he makes is just really uneasy. <laughs> And you know he's probably done, he's probably done that in real life as well. Most likely, <laughs> most likely. Did we miss Clerks two out completely? Yes, because you said move on, so I'll just move oh, on. Oh <laughs> no, sorry, I didn't mean that. Like as in just move on from the podcast talk. Sorry, right. I didn't mean like miss out Clerks two because right. come on, man, there's a donkey show in that. Fuck that, Elias. Oh. Elias made that film. Everything that Elias was in. One ring. Oh, that scene, that fucking scene is just it's it's everyone's fucking argument. Like it's definitely in my house because I'm a huge off. No, fuck off. Fuck off. (laughs) I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. There's only one return, bitch, and it's Jedi. And it's not of the king, (laughs) it's of the Jedi. Um Samuel, yes. you were able to mute Paul because I'm very upset by what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's Grant on my side. I- I'm yeah, in charge damn here. <laughs> fucking right, I am. <laughs> yes, I have someone who will defend me with Lord of the Rings. Oh, it's, it's 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 about six hours of two people walking. <laughs> oh my god, if that's what you're getting from Lord of the Rings. You are not watching it right. Star Sorry, Wars. Star Wars is the only. Star- I just love that Star Wars. <laughs> I'm Have on you Sam's got... side, sorry, Paul. <laughs> you are outnumbered. Right, two seconds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mute Donna. Mute, mute Grant. Mute Sam. Everyone's muted now. Have a nice day. So you're going to get two hours now of me just talking about Star yeah. Wars veteran Lord. Ah, uh, we can do it ourselves, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, Donna and Sam's got to work out how to unmute themselves. It's just done it. It's just done it. <laughs> Are you unmuted there? <laughs> um, what's the song? You know, the song when Elias gets dragged for it when he's on their headset and Jay comes through the window. It's it's King Diamond. Oh, that's it. Grandma, what oh, was it like, like to be on the... <laughs> and then they start calling that demonic voice and he proper freaks out. Oh, my God, pillow pants. <laughs> I was going to say, can we just all appreciate pillow pants for a second? Pillow pants. Has has anyone had a problem with pillow pants in the past? We're in a safe space, we can talk about it. Oh god, him him writing Elijah was so funny. Like, I hope he's in Clerks 3. Oh, he has to be. He can't not be. So he's proper, he's like, he felt part of the family, Mm -hmm. like the Clerks family, like instantly. And again, this was one of the ones where Kevin Smith showcased his ability to pick the right uh, soundtrack. Yes. 
because I don't think he gets enough credit in, in his films. Like, visually, he gets shit, but the soundtracks are always top-notch. But Clerks 2 is, I think, when it hit the pinnacle. Like, uh, ABC, Michael Jackson, when that kicks in, and Rosemary Dawson's dancing away, and, and you see the bouncing. Everyone yeah. bounced along with her. <laughs> that, that is quite true. And the um, the dance sequence, like, come on, dance sequence. Brilliant. His wife was really good in it as well, Jennifer Schwabach. And I'm yes, but I'm pissed off that someone's just got in the chat before us. They got the the famous scene, the famous dialogue, the famous question. Do you go? Do you go ask the mouth? You, you never go ask the mouth. Ask the mouth. But you do on special occasions. Donna's head movement there was amazing. It was like a. <laughs> <laughs> she was ready to agree. <laughs> like a... Don't don't forget Donna, Donna pineapple pineapple. The safe word. <laughs> But yes, Rosario Dawson sums it up perfectly. Sometimes, <laughs> just sometimes. Okay, sometimes. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> the donkey showman. But notice that Scott Moore's little cameo in it when when oh, he's when, he's, when he's on the toilet on the door, he goes, "Don't look at the guy's pee pee." <laughs> he kind of literally like, puts his hand over the kid's eyes as well, like proper slow. I fucking love Scotty Moore. He's so cool. And to be um, fair, and do we dare see it? Taking it back? Porch monkey? Oh, <laughs> one, of the, one of the ultimate Dude. scenes ever. What the fuck's a shit stain? <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm not using the other terms, the other the N-word knife. I'm not going to do that because we will be no. shut down. Uh, but, uh, no. But like but said, it, <laughs> when he's getting hella, hella, Helen Keller wrong with Anne Frank. <laughs> fuck's sake, man. <laughs> we are all gonna burn in hell oh honestly mate i've got a a first class seat going to hell i'm not bothered uh, just when he sellotapes porch money for life on the back of his shirt he just goes i'm taking it back (laughs) but but wasn't it oh it was a famous comedian that that you were saying it to as well what's she called yeah oh gosh she is Oh. (gasps) oh michaela loves that Something Sykes. Something yeah, Sykes. something like that. Oh, Wonder. Wonder Sykes, that was thing. She was uh, absolutely brave and insane. And just and, and 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 her husband when they're like saying uh, when they're saying we're not gonna eat here, we said, hey, racism isn't in the food. <laughs> <laughs> it's I love Wanda's voice. Like I love that like how she talks, and it's when she emphasizes shit stain. Like it's just so funny. Um that whole scene there. Is just brilliant. Over the scene with Ben Affleck. Um, yeah, oh, the, the kid, and uh, Jason Lee's cameo in it as well. Yeah. When he's like this good rich mogul and they could spend the time spitting in the burger and stuff like that. And the fly. The fly in the burger. Oh. And they're like giving it, he's good. Something tells me I'm not going to enjoy this. And they give it a Jay, isn't it? Because at the start, because Jay is now outside of there because the quick stop's been, we haven't mentioned the quick stop setting on fire and being burnt and being gone. Oh, God. Yeah, that's right. It's yeah. burnt down. So Jane and Bob can't. It's there, and the and the ultimate scene where they're doing the, um, like say, what probably is one of my favourites when they're doing the the Silence of the Lambs impressions. You got Jay going, would you, oh, would you fuck me? I'd fuck me, and then you see him doing the whole. Uh, t- started, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Are we gonna go that far? <laughs> doing the whole tuck gun. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Would you yes. fuck me? <laughs> <laughs> I fuck me. <laughs> I 
And, and if you haven't noticed that, if you're listening in the podcast... Anybody that's still watching. <laughs> if you're listening to this on audio, amazing. <laughs> You've just getting the amazing grant. <laughs> and to be fair, though, the, the pale princess that is uh, Sam has went scarlet. You can see uh-huh. how your face is bright red. Oh, I'm not embarrassed <laughs> by it. It's fucking brilliant. Not you're embarrassed of the scene you turned on. Oh, <laughs> right. Yes. I mean, how could you not at that scene? Like, are them words? Are the way that Grant did that? So, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> My missus is going to come stamping down the stairs and I'm going to punch you through this laptop. My, my husband is literally through the next wall as well. <laughs> I don't want to pee your wife off. <laughs> what happens on the podcast here is on the podcast. <laughs> it's all right. If we play it right, then this will end up going on to OnlyFans. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> is we it Tucky in the same room as well? This could get really freaky really quickly. <laughs> you could be the one that watches, Paul. <laughs> we'll all say, have a lovely tea party at the end. <laughs> Just watch like this. Yes. And there she is. <laughs> Unfortunately, in this episode, man. Could have been worse. It could have been worse. And we haven't even mentioned Charlotte's fate, to be fair. Hashtag. Hashtag Charlotte's fate. I don't think Charlotte's in the chat anymore. I think she left. I think she's been. Charlotte's just popping in. All right. Here she comes. (laughs) (laughs) She's coming for you. Oh, please don't. I'm such a lovely person. (laughs) What a way to make a cameo in in the podcast there. Yes, but uh, nerdy up north or only fans coming soon. Only nerds. <laughs> Just been putting the chat. I'm not claiming credit for that. <laughs> um, so what's up to clicks? <laughs> well, uh, Zach and Marie make a porno. Um, then the masterpiece that was cut out. Oh, let's not. When uh, when ben, when uh, Kevin Smith realised how much of a uh, an arsehole. Uh, Bruce Willis is. Do you not think that's when we all realised as well? Like after Kevin said it, we're like, oh yeah, he is a bit of an arsehole. <laughs> the fact that uh, when he was when they were talking about it as well, uh, when he was sitting around and everyone was shouting at Bruce Willis, uh, Die Hard, uh, McLean, and stuff like that, and Bruce Willis used uttered the words there, "I hate the Die Hard fans the most." Was the time he broke <gasps> Kevin Smith's heart. That's what he oh. actually said to Kevin Smith as well, and that's when Kevin Smith said he would he wouldn't work with him again. Oh, that's awful. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a bit of a bastard. Actually, he's, um, the, the rumour mill in Hollywood is that Bruce Willis now has early onset dementia or mm-hmm. Alzheimer's and that his last film that he's done had to be heavily dubbed and it could possibly be his last movie ever. Right. So wow. sad. Yeah. So sad. Um, but him and Kevin made up. He just rang him out the blue mm-hmm. and he was like, it's Bruce. Bruce who? Bruce Willis, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the conversation went. <laughs> you, so imagine cute. that though, just having that day with Kevin when just your phone rings and it's Bruce Willis on the line. How would you react? What would you say? We're just like, hi. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you be kind of motherfucker, obviously. <laughs> and then you'll oh, it's a diehard fans I hate the most. <laughs> What was it then? Sing a song from Hudson Hawk. Oh, or Moonlighting. Oh, <laughs> when he done his when he done his old uh, jazz album, wasn't it? Being Bruce. Oh my god, <laughs> now, that is a thing. You can find it. Bruce Willis has a jazz album online. Go- Google it. <laughs> 
yes. So after Cop Out, there is... The masterpiece that was Red State, which was... Master fucking piece with the amazing Michael Parks. Holy shit, did Kevin land a fucking golden one with him? Because mm-hmm. that it, man is sinister as fuck. This is what... Because Kevin Smith said he wanted to do something, as I mentioned before, he wanted to do something different, something he's never done. He wanted to, to do a horror film. And this was his idea of a horror movie and how sinister it was. But it had the last out... Uh, the young lass was um, out of the last season of Scrubs. Yeah. So she'd done that and done this, so you weren't expecting it, but... What a fucking exit! Because it was basically a, a piss take out of the Baptist Church, wasn't it? The West, the West, Baptist Bar- the West, West Barra Baptist Church. Who, who he got fuck? He gave tickets to to go and <laughs> see it, and they went. And when yeah. they realised it was about them, mm-hmm. up and left. But Kevin did. Kevin is credited for helping Megan Robespell mm-hmm. get out. I'm, hopefully, I said her name right. I've read her book; it's fantastic, and he gets a lot of credit in her book. For getting her out of that cult, he was the he was the one who it, red state because the communication line opened between the two of them, mm-hmm. and she always she was starting to mm-hmm. starting to come out of the hairs of what her family had put her through, and it was Kevin who talked her round and, and helped her a massive deal get her out of that situation. Was this the one who moved away from Miramax or before Miramax? Before that, because I, I knew he started producing the films himself. And I think this was it. Yeah, I think but, this yeah, was it because this was the point um, where he said, "Fuck it." Isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Because <laughs> isn't this the point where he went, "Fuck it," I, I give in. I'm just gonna do what the fuck I love. Because mm-hmm. I know this wasn't he wanted to do Beaver Zombies or something like that. Um, there was so much because Tusk is the is the product of him just talking on Smodcast and saying, "I've got an idea." Guy turns another guy into a walrus. Let's do this. And that's how Tusk became what it is. And Red State was very similar because yeah. he just got to the point where he was like, I'm fucking sick. Like, I just want to do my stories. And Red State is brilliant gateway into that. The performances, though, as well. John Goodman is absolutely <gasps> another level. Like, say, that, that was when you've seen John Goodman in certain films, like even from Roseanne, you, you know he's got levels and layers and stuff. Mm-hmm. But fucking in Red State, that was just breathtaking but as a kevin smith fan this was so far away yeah. from a kevin smith movie but it was hard to watch as well because these type of things was happening like again if you're part of the nerdy up north community we are a good cult i would never make you do this i would never make you drink the kool-aid just so you know yes. <laughs> this was a bad cult <laughs> this was a really bad cult and hosted by Michael Parks, who, oh my God, like he's a very famous Tarantino actor. We are, if you, Earl McGraw, and um, played him quite a few times in Tarantino films. And um, Robert Rodriguez, Death Proof. Yes, Death Proof. Um, he's so fucking sinister in this. Like he got Fred Phelps down perfectly. If that's who he based his character on, which I 100% believe he did. He got it sort of like scarily right. Just when he breaks out in these sermons and these speeches mm. and stuff like that, it just fucking uncomfortable, isn't it? Terrifying, and like you can almost hear and understand why people follow him. Though that's the scary part. Yeah. Um, I so don't know. If, I don't know if you, you guys. I know you, uh, Grant. I, I take it, have you, is this one that you're familiar with? You know what it is, mate. I put it on last night. Mm. Um, and started watching it and was thoroughly enthralled by it. 
and fell the fuck asleep <laughs> about a third of the way through. Oh, and I was absolutely loving what I was watching. Um, it was really striking some chords with us, but it was just one of them where it's like you know, it's 12, 1 o'clock in the morning and just went... <clears throat> I'm out. <laughs> it's, it's a slightly yeah. toned down, like not not saying it's the same type of film, but it had very de- very much Devil Rage X vibes to it. Oh, I was yeah, just about to talk about. Yeah, I was going to just talk about the cinematography and how beautiful it was. And you're absolutely right. The tones that are used, like colouring wise, is very much Devil's Rejects. Hundred mm-hmm. yeah, percent. Yeah, a lot of amber filter and everything in yeah, there. Yeah, and it's beautiful 100%. though. And it's but it suits it so well for the tone of it, and that's kind of like what took me out of the Kevin Sink, the Kevin Smith type film mm-hmm. was the cinematography because it was so different to yeah, what he, we'd seen before yeah. from him. He appeared a, a photography director for this one, I think. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't shoot it all himself. No, he yeah. got he got help for this because. Mm-hmm. That it, it, I'm not saying his other films aren't beautifully shot, it's just very different, mm-hmm. and it. I love honestly this film probably doesn't get as much credit as what it really deserves because this is fucking brilliant what about you Donna have you seen this one no I didn't get a chance to but you've definitely sold it yeah it's it's not the typical Kevin Smith but it's brutal it's honest it's unnerving unflinching I would probably say but um you will find yourself wanting to join Michael Parks because of how convincing his convictions are to be fair, though, he's a quite easy to join in cults, so I don't think you... What are you talking about? <laughs> this is not a cult. It's a collective. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that goes lovely into his next one, which I believe is Tusk. Are we there yet? I am. <clears throat> Just trying to have a think, because I think this is where... I think he took a break, yeah, so he moved into... Because I think he'd done TV for a bit. I think he'd done Degrassi and... Um, Supergirl... No, no, Supergirl came after this, so they, after these ones. But um, in some form of TV, but let's mm. let's talk about Tusk. I need to hear Donna's like true opinion on it. Like, well, then I'm going to go quiet and let Donna speak. <laughs> it's probably the worst movie I've seen in quite a few years. To be fair, like, what did you what did you seriously not like about it? It's easy to say what I did. Go for it. Mm-hmm. That thing came out, right? That did not come <laughs> no, out. No, I know, I know, I know what you mean, though. It's easier to talk about the bits you like. like. I don't know. Like, because, so, right, obviously he goes in and he, he gets drugged and whatnot and you listen to the stories and you're like, oh, this is going to be sinister. And then you see him, like, cutting him up and whatnot and I think it's going to be, like, proper sinister. And then when he goes back and you see, obviously because it's, it's horror and comedy, but you go back and then you see him as the walrus and he starts making noises. so and I think I'm going to be disgusted by I end up sitting there laughing my head off. I was yeah. like, terrible the fucking Wallace is, but then I just didn't like any of the movie afterwards. Oh, that scene is so good, though. It is like a proper spit take moment when you see that walrus. I wet myself laughing at it. But I wasn't laughing because I found it funny in a good way. I was laughing because I was... Yeah, so bad. You know, you know what it is? Because I think me and Grant were probably like these type of films more because it, it reminds us of very much like the Toxic Crus- Crusader. Yes. Uh, very much that type of really bad, like uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes and stuff like that. Really bad. It's a, really... modern, it's a, modern, it's a modern B-movie. Yeah, that's what he was going for. But there's elements in, but I do find Hayley Joe Osmond, the creepiest fucking thing in that film and 
looking like a, a small man child with a <laughs> kind of beard where he hasn't kind of grown up properly <laughs> is the creepiest thing I've ever seen. I love I Tusk. I feel personally attacked by those things. <laughs> <laughs> I just I love Tusk because it gets you talking afterwards because you are you are you're questioning everything, and that is the sign of a good film if you can sit there and talk about it afterwards. Just even like. To understand it, I did the same with their most recent Candyman. I wasn't too sure if I actually liked that until I talked it out, went through it, and died like digested it all. And I was like, "Fuck yeah, that was actually a really fucking good film." Hmm. I want to go back and watch and appreciate it again. And I did the same with Tusk. Well, to be fair, if Tusk didn't have Michael Parks in, I wouldn't have liked it. Hey, how good is that man? Rest yeah. in peace, Michael Parks. Because holy shit, that guy can act. Hmm. He made that. Like say that B movie watchable at times, but I thought it was fun. I, I thought loved it. Was it. Sh- I, I, best we are going to say was shit fantastic. Brilliant, <laughs> such a good thing. And then was yoga horses. Uh, we don't talk about yoga horses. I love <laughs> yoga horses. How could you not like yoga horses? It had it. It was a vehicle to get his daughter into a film, and I'm sorry, yes. that's that, that's all it was. <laughs> you got uh, it was. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> right, we'll not talk about yoga hoses. If anyone, wants to, talk about, if anyone wants to talk about yoga hoses, I just haven't got nothing to say about it, really. <laughs> I love it. You know, you Fresh. forgot to mention about Tusk, about um, Johnny mm-hmm. Depp and his daughter being in mm-hmm. the match. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, the Collins are in Tusk, aren't they? And then that's where yoga hoses came from. Mm-hmm. The two Collins. Well, yeah. No, yeah, like I say, because that was like a, the cameo that you weren't expecting at the end when Johnny Depp just walks on the screen. But I just love that the fact that he got so mangled and so thing he could never go back to a normal boy. <laughs> he was always yeah. going to be that, that uh, walrus. Walrus. And, and the, the mustache bit when they're like, <laughs> <laughs> um, is it yoga hoses that has Johnny Depp's? Um, well, Lily Johnny Depp's, Johnny Depp's daughter in the yeah. No, 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 not daughter, ex-wife, ex-partner, um, Vanessa Paradis. Isn't she a teacher? Don't know. I didn't I think, pay that much attention to be honest. I'm sure her, well, that's Lily Rose's Depp's mum. Right. And I'm sure she's in yoga hoses as well. I loved it. I love the two Colleens. I would like to see more adventures with them too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I like yoga hoses. Good for you. Well done. So what's on the horizon for Mr. S- oh, you don't well, have to talk about Reboot if you don't want to. No, Reboot, it was, like say, watching this, the same movie again. As which, a Reboot. But again, would not give us anything new. No. Or anything different, but just less crude. A parody. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's so much a parody. And it's so... A parody of a parody. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's toned Jason Lee, uh, Jason Lee, Jason Mewes down because he's not the same person anymore as he was when he originally did Jane Silent Bob. Um, and the re- it's toned down to how he is like his daughter's in it. Like Logan Lee's there, she's in the film. Um, he's think, so the, different. Yeah, I think the issue with it with this is because he had that, not saying it was a bad thing, he had a heart attack and he had a different look outlook at life mm-hmm. so he wasn't looking at he was wanted everything to be all happy and light mm-hmm. and as grant said it was a parody on a parody that didn't need to be made because jane silent bob was set everything up and, yeah. and, and i was there 
And I do give it credit. It had some elements, but the only thing I actually enjoyed, and again, I hate saying it, was the, the Ben Affleck monologue because it was from the heart. And it, mm. I would be happy just cutting the whole film out and just, and having, just having that monologue as, as, a, as a standalone because it was it was beautiful. Yeah, as fans, we were waiting for that because we knew they'd had the fallen out. And we know when he got when Ben got Batman, like he was his biggest supporter. Like he was shining that Batman torch for Ben to be playing him. And for him to do that cameo in that film, it meant everything to any Kevin Smith fan because he, everyone knows what their relationship meant. And I'm sure it doesn't he have a daughter that comes on in that cameo. I don't know if it's Affleck's daughter, but I know... No, that's Logan Lee. That's... Right. that's um, No, Logan Muse. Sorry, that's our middle name. That's right. Jason Muse's daughter. Cool. But I know through the years, he's like, say, when it comes to Affleck, like, say, Affleck can't do anything wrong by Kevin Smith. Like, he's he's mm-hmm. went on he's went on record and said, if anyone needs anyone cast, and he always says Affleck. If, mm-hmm. if Joe, he even said if Jaws needed to be recasted for a shark, <laughs> he would cast Affleck <laughs> as the shark. Because uh, <laughs> he, he can't do anything wrong. But again, I don't think we needed reboot. I would have preferred having more rats too. Well, we're getting Clerks 3, so... No, no, but... But they've tried doing more rats too, but with, um, I think, with Shannon Doherty taking uh, sick, Mm -hmm. uh, that put put end to that. And um, And Stan Lee died as well, so that would have put a damper on it, because if you don't remember the photos that they had... Yeah, no, no, I remember everything, but they'd had the cast, they had everyone, like, say, meant to be coming back on, they had a script, Mm -hmm. but I think he had his heart attack and he threw that out the window and said, I don't want to do this film anymore. But Clerks 3 is going to be happening. So I think I'm a little worried. I don't know about you guys. No, uh, never. No, I'm really excited. N- never, <laughs> ever worried when it comes to a Kevin Smith project, ever. Mm-hmm. But because I know at the end of Clerks, did you ever, like say, I know we're going back full circle now. Mm-hmm. Um, did anyone hear the original ending for Clerks? No. Because I think I... I have because I used to have the Clerks X boxer, yeah. and I'm sure yeah. it was on there, but I can't yeah, remember it. It was actually in the filmed it because the original ending Clerks, Dante got killed. He, no. the, as he was closing up, the, the the store was broken into by robbers, and he was shot dead. And that was yeah. the original ending. That's how he wanted it to the end. And but he that's was gonna, so bleak. And the, but that's why they, they didn't do it. But mm-hmm. then they were going to have in Clerks two again how Clerks two was going to end. Dante was going to get killed, but he had a new, new re- residence. He, he said he can't. He, he says the character doesn't need doesn't deserve to end the way it does. Mm-hmm. So I like the ending to Clerks too. It made sense. Mm-hmm. It, it was like now they've got the quick stop. It's a perfect happy ending. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they're going to go now because the relationship with Randall and and Dante had healed, mm-hmm. where they didn't resent each other anymore. To the point where then, like, see, as, as I said, we've got the donkey show on Clerks too, which we didn't mention about Kinky Kelly and the Stud. Um, but I don't know what story is left to be told now for Clerks 3. We've got to find out. We are. That's what's going to happen. You go find out. Um, like I say, he can't. I'm never not excited when he's got a new project on the go. But mm-hmm. I am pretty good at that Mallrats 2 is not going to be a, a thing. I do re- remember when all the pictures were coming out of the cast and they're all saying, yes, we're involved, Mallrats 2. Yeah, and, we're back. Yeah, and oh, that's, it is sad that it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But again, like I say, as we've talked before, like I say, thing, he has 
created a nation like for himself mm-hmm. where he's got probably one of the most loyal fan base on on there. People will go to bat yeah. and they will always give him um more options or more credit they won't like say walk away from which a lot of directors or things that they'll allow mm. them to make mistakes because yeah. his films aren't perfect like we're yeah. not perfect but he's give us so much more like his panels at comic-con are fucking legendary i used to like get the bootlegs uh of his like his talks mm-hmm. how um how hilarious like say how excited he would get i would get excited and i love watching his re- reviews of like on YouTube of when he watches a film trailer, like it, it gets you hyped up. He is the yeah. perfect hype man. And now he's went on, like I say, he's directed a few episodes of the flash Supergirl. He's been involved with, um, he always talks quite funnily about his experiences on the flash. <laughs> where, um, like the dialogue is so wordy and like thing. He tries to like help the cast out by changing it, but the cast say, no, no, this is what we like to do. So he has he learns as well. He says but, it's the most easiest job he's ever done because it's such a well-oiled machine. He just have to sit there and go action, mm-hmm. cut, and he's like that because it is so. They've got it down like they've mastered the art of doing an episode. The director does very little, and he just loved being a part of the experience. But he was even great, like when he done his stand up, even though it wasn't stand up comedy, like say an evening with yeah. Kevin Smith, where he went around the, the universities mm-hmm. and just given talks and asked, answered questions from the crowd and stuff. They were fucking hilarious. He's, like, he's I, so good. He, and he's a creator as well, and he gets excited when other people create. Yeah. I, that's the thing. That's what gets me as well. He'll never, like, if, if you went to him and asked a question, he would answer it, but he would never, like, say, do it my way but it's 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 all about like say go out create something create something new be a storyteller that's where he describes himself as a storyteller and i think that's fucking magic Mm -hmm. i totally fucking agree with you like 100 percent. like this it's really hard to put into words sometimes how much admiration i have for him and what he does for the community as well Mm -hmm. because he gives a lot of especially me he, he likes our tweets he knows know. Nerdy Up North exists. He knows <laughs> the name. So, yeah, he's he's just, I just I, I, like I said, I can't get my words out properly of how much I love him. Like, he's just fantastic. He makes myself know that it's okay. Like, I don't have to pretend to be, you know, what society thinks I am. It's fine. You can like what you like, you can love what you love, and you can nerd out as much as you want to about it because fuck what anyone else thinks. Mm-hmm. And he really helped with that, especially coming like through my 30s. Um, I love him, and I will always be forever grateful for him reenacting Harry Potter through his podcast <laughs> with Forgeticus, one of the best spells that never happened in Harry <laughs> Potter. Well, you know what I love about it as well? And again, this is on different levels. It was smutty humour, but it was never low, low, low coming through. He never made any jokes at any minorities, never made no, any jokes never. on se- anyone's sexuality. He, oh. like, say, he took the piss out of himself, like saying, like, the world would say, oh, I would suck some dick to watch this. But yep. you, you believe me, would actually would suck a cock. Oh my get, God, 100%. To get, a, to get an early viewing of like the Avengers before it came out. But that that element, like I say, especially at the time it was where, like I say, people were always banging on saying homophobic, 
jokes were the rage and like it was okay and people would like mainstream like tv shows and stuff like were and like not saying they were anti gear but a lot of the jokes weren't very i would say mm. pc now but yeah, yeah he, right. he never went there nope. he made his jokes were always smutty his jokes were always in the gutter but it was always at the uh, at him rather than yeah. anyone else and that's yeah. what i loved about it as well it was so inclusive totally agree with you 100% agree with you. He never brought his, he never brought his humor. His humor is timeless because it doesn't reflect the time of, like, you could literally put a film on and, and not know what year you're in because his humor doesn't change. It doesn't reflect the time. Maybe the dress sense. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, come on, Clerks is just screaming 90s. But mm-hmm. I don't know if I've explained myself properly. I just, mm-hmm. I taught, but I totally get what you're saying. Cool. I think what, uh, maybe word it a little bit better um just from personal perspective shall we say like mm. stoner humor never yeah. ever victimizes anybody mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. and you you'll find that right across uh, the board it, they might make a mockery of themselves mm-hmm. but they never mm-hmm. take another aspect of society and mm-hmm. victimize them for yeah. the sake of you know Cheech and Chong and Havrel and Kumar and Dubai, you know yeah. any other movie that has got you know two pot smokers as the um, the main kind of focal point, so to speak. There's mm-hmm. never an ism yeah. with it ever. Yeah. It's always kind of self-deprecating, almost. Hundred percent. There's no agenda. Well, yeah, he, absolutely. He, he got mm-hmm. uh, he started smoking pot, Zach and Mary, because Seth Rogen got him onto it, but it got him to quit cigarettes. So he went from cigarettes to smoking pot. Now, Seth Rogen always said to him, do it. Do it as much as you want during the day, but make sure you're creative while you do it. Don't sit there and be a layabout. Get on it. Get working. And he said he just totally complained. He changed his perspective of that stoner image. Don't ha- like he, he got so creative and still does to this day when he's high as a kite. And I think that, I, I love it. I I've love the way him on the podcast before, but that goes back to you know even Bill Hicks stand up in the early yes, you know mm-hmm. he's like you know and the best albums you've ever seen or ever listened to they're real fucking high on drugs <laughs> you know yeah. it's always been the message of um, you know do something beautiful with yes. your with your spacey time so to speak. Yes. yeah you're right <laughs> tell you what though and again this was probably ahead of his time all the women in. In the films, there was no damsels in distress. There was no like all of them had strong opinions. All of them yeah. had their own personality and weren't weak-willed. And again, expressing themselves even through the sexuality, um, there was no um, pandering or anything like that as well. That's one thing I always think he done wrote well for, which a lot of male male directors or writers didn't. He always wrote strong, strong, good, good uh, characters for women as well. Yeah, he never prioritised a man over a woman in the respect of their dialogue. Like, sh- look at the, some of the lines Shandy <coughs> says in Mulrats. Like, mm-hmm. some of the dialogue that she gets, it's just as equal as Jason Lee. There's yeah. no difference. Oh, her, her, her chemistry with Jason Lee was amazing. Magic, just sparks. Love that, that woman. And the in bits the- where he chucks it out there like that, it's it's a parody. If you look at Jade Silent Bob with Eliza Dushku and mm-hmm. all the rest of them, you know, cat suits and all the rest of it, it's not they're not there mm-hmm. to draw people to the movie. No, yes. they say they're a they're a parody of 
mm-hmm. stuff like that Charlie's Angels Char- movie yeah. that came yeah. out around mm-hmm. about the same time where it was just there's Lucy Lou's ass for an mm-hmm. hour and a half <laughs> with a little bit of was it Drew Barrymore given it yeah. you know yeah. big eyes and what have you it was completely geared towards there's a hot girl stare at that pant at that mm-hmm. you know whereas when he did it in Jane Silent Bob he did it but they did it because yeah. they were making a mockery of stuff yeah. like that of that yeah mm-hmm. And he used his and he used the pizza guy and what have yeah. you. And, and he used his wife. Yeah. So he must have been comfortable. Yeah. Oh, well, have you ever seen Jennifer Schwalbach's Playboy cover? Now, Playboy spread she did. It's beautiful. It's her dressed as Supergirl, and Kevin took the photographs. It's absolutely yeah. stunning. Such a good picture. Nice. Yeah. Check it out. Google it. Jennifer Schwalbach. Don't know if I've anything now. Anything you want to add there, young lady? Um, <laughs> oh my think... god, you can see her kidneys. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I'll Google after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing for me, just like um he just gets all of us, like he is us, like he just gets everyone, he connects with the fans and he puts everything our day-to-day conversations when you're drinking with your mates or not drinking with your mates and Everything that you talk about just goes into the movies and he really gets us and I guess he's just a nerdy god, really. <laughs> Perfect. He is the lord and saviour of nerd. He is. <laughs> totally agree. That's what nerdy up north is going to be, the church of Kevin Smith. <laughs> <laughs> That's what our cult is? Oh my God, you've just figured it out. <laughs> have, you, have we reached a higher level now <laughs> in the cult? <laughs> yeah. We, are, we have reached the level of Smith, so yes. <laughs> Oh my God, what's next? <laughs> the dress attire with all his backward caps and large overcoats. Jerseys. <laughs> Jerseys. <laughs> Jerseys. He's now into, because he's all trimmed down, he's got the blazer on, so we could all go for the blazer look with backward hat. <laughs> and, the Berser- and, and Berserker is our hymn. <laughs> Won't you suck my cock, Berserker? And that's a nice way to end it, I think. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. What an episode. Absolutely yeah. love this. Yeah. So, anything you guys want to end and end with? Oh, I've we talked shit with you enough there. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, what a lovely tea party! <laughs> <laughs> Love it. We got a sound pain. Missed out talking about oversized clits, and I'm really, really upset about that. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it an oversized clit or is it a little cock? <laughs> <laughs> oh god! <laughs> wow. <laughs> Let's wrap this up now, shall we? <laughs> Dangerous territory. <laughs> and just to finalise, quickly run through the story that Sam wanted a quick go through that Kevin Smith was dialed on to write the script for Superman Lives. Yes. Um, and wrote the story, had everything planned out. Then uh, Tim Burton got involved, um, read his script, and then sacked Kevin Smith. So for. for sacked him. Then for years after that, Kevin Smith, you could get this script online and download Kevin Smith's version. And people used to take it to conversions. And Kevin Smith would sign the script, fuck you, Tim Burton, Kevin Smith. So, If you want to watch a full documentary about it, it's called The Death of Superman Lives, done by the amazing um, Schwepp, mm-hmm. King of the Schwepp. He's um, sadly lost him a few years ago but it is a hell of a documentary proper eye-opener as to what we could have gotten as a superman film what we um what we could have gotten 
basically within the DC universe. It's really good documentary. I can't recommend it enough. Can you seriously see Nicolas Cage as Superman though? There was a photo released and when you watch the documentary, because there was two versions, there was one with them long hair that looked yeah. nothing like Superman. No. But then when he was the blue outfit and he had the curl, it, it was, I was a little bit sold. So it kind of worked yeah. like in a way and it's just it's a great documentary laying out um you know just the issues in Hollywood as well and like how much influence people actually have and the likes of Kevin Smith he didn't stand a chance like he no. really didn't it's no. so good brilliant documentary but yes so wrapping up guys thank you so much thank for taking you. part um like I, say, I knew this one was going to be a long one so yeah um you I couldn't know. not it's Kevin Smith <laughs> There was probably lots of stuff. Make I probably sure that's number thirty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Not quite. <laughs> God forbid the one that comes after. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, um, like I say, <laughs> can't get me words out now. Thank you for everyone joining in, joining the chat. Like Martin and Michael, you have kept it going all night. Thank um, you. Just, this is what she said. Um, <laughs> also as well um like i said joined charlotte's book club um like i said we've done the twitch stream we've done two twit uh two videos now where Jonna, donna joined us last 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 time where we done played fan phantasmosia i can't called. see it how fun was it though donna we had a blast that fucking party was mint <laughs> it was and watching it back is hilarious <laughs> Yes, um, we're going to play a few more games. I think Left for Dead was mentioned, and I think Grant got very excited. Friday uh, Thirteen, right? Is that one in there? Can I possibly, pitch possibly, that one? Possibly. I've played it before. It's not the funnest game, but I've never played it. But it's, it's dead, dead by daylight or something. It's 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 like a rip off. But yes, um, also as well, uh, next week I think Grant's returning with Charlotte, and we're doing uh, top five fancy films. My five's already picked. So good luck picking that. And, and I'm going to ban Lord of the Rings. Just saying. <laughs> I mean, first. Uh, I'll, <laughs> but what am I going to pick? As per usual, I'll be picking mine like half an hour before the episode. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, shit, I'm going to do something. <laughs> That's fine. That means you've got the Hobbit in. <laughs> to be ah, fair, though. Look, uh, yeah. Yeah, because we've, we've, we've done an episode on the Lord of the Rings. So, like, yeah, so I think I'm going to. I can't talk it. anymore about it, to be fair. Like, I love it, but. There's more out there of fantasy than Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so top five fantasy. Then um, I can't remember what's happening after that. Oh, but, there's um, a lot. We've got a lot going on. Yes. Pixar. You know what our favourite Kevin Smith movie? Wait, um, well, we, well oh. we'll put that on the list for another time. No, no, we'll name it before we finish. So favourite Kevin Smith film oh. of all time. Oh, I thought you said like a top five. My apologies. Oh, no. Favourite, because we normally end on a favourite. Say, Donna's the one that keeps us right. Well done. Sorry, Donna. Thank you, Donna. <laughs> so I'll, I'll let you go first, young lady. Clerks. Cool. Grant? I said no about it when we spoke about it as well. Chase mm-hmm. and Amy. Yep. Oh, oh I'm sorry. sorry <laughs> it, was, no, it, was, no. it was my rant. For a good reason. I've got a lot of personal reasons for loving Chase and Amy, which I won't go into, but it, it holds a very special place in my heart for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. that I'll never get tired of that movie. But oh. nobody needs to hear that because oh. I'm a grizzled, horrible pervert and have no emotions. And you want, it, and you want to keep that persona. And violence. Absolutely. Brilliant. Absolutely. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. um, Dogma, just for the simple reason it brought me into the mm-hmm. the world of Kevin Smith and I will be forever grateful for that film. 
uh, same with Grant chasing Amy. It's such a special film, and it's 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 magic when you get when you get it. Yeah. And, and again, sorry, I, I know I probably talked too much over it because again, that film does mean a lot to us. What you uh, said was absolutely beautiful, and mm. honestly, like I'm not I'm patronizing or anything like that. It genuinely makes us want to go and watch it. And look at it from the perspective that you that you've that you talked about. Because I I watched it as in my early twenties and give a shit. Yeah. I really didn't give a shit. I just it was a, a, a funny Kevin Smith film. But to look at it that way, I want to go back and revisit it. Cool. So yes, so uh, so kind of go to find us on YouTube, uh, Spotify, all the different podcast places. Like as Grant's pointed out, we're on about seventeen of them now. I think everywhere. <laughs> so yes, um, same bad time, oh, same. 37. 37. <laughs> I missed the trick there, sorry. Uh, so same, same bad time, same bad ch- channel, guys. Stay nerdy, everyone. Snoochie boochie. Bye. Bye.